Do not adjust your radio dial. You are tuned in to the Mark Order Podcast. Join the Mark Order. Bloody, gutty, closed, forbidden door, maybe. Wednesday, here on the Mark Order Podcast, episode 66, which means we're three weeks away from Sexy 69. Whoa. Oh, back in the garden state. Aunt Money's here on your Wednesday night, and we got Kate the Great. We've got Ryan Schlong. Hello. Kate was waving. She forgets sometimes. I think we're on audio me. I like to entertain the viewers and our listeners. It gives people a reason to go to the YouTube. It's true. Oh, man. So, it's been quite a week. Has it ever? In the world of AEW, and in, in the world of AM Money, the it's fucking been a world in general. I guess. Oh my god! Quite a way. Uh, Kate, if you wouldn't mind, uh, let's just get this out of the way at the top. Um, you're not allowed to have any opinions tonight, so unless oh, cool. we tell you it's cool, just don't give an opinion. I'm just gonna head back to the kitchen and look for the rest of my rights. Sounds perfect. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe in the oven where I'm baking a fresh baked pie. Oh my god, that sounds so good. Because I have a pie hole that I would like to shove pie into. Ayo! Oh, guys, all reality things aside, how is everybody? Um, pretty good. Getting a little tired of doing the dance back and forth from my parents' place to Somerville to my sister's place. Um, but other than that, things are good. Nothing wrong with any of the places i'm at thankfully just it's been a lot of driving the same route (laughs) but i'm all right so in the world of uh in the world of your apartment status where where are we with repairs because the people have been following i appreciate you going on this journey with me so when i went back let's see what did i do this weekend i went Oh, I went to Stokely's show on Saturday, and I went mm-hmm. to the beach with my sister on Sunday. In between the Friday when I went down there and the Monday when I got back to my place, or Sunday I got back to my place, it seemed like a significant amount of work had been done outside my unit, mm-hmm. which is good, because that means they're on the roof fixing things, but it also means I can't move my shit back up into my attic. <laughs> <laughs> still mm. until they're done mm-hmm. so like they're making progress i would like to put my stuff back where it belongs yeah. uh but uh we're it's it's at least moving which it wasn't for the first like i've been complaining about this since october so um 
I am just glad that something's finally being done, but slow and steady, my friend. But my rent is half of what it normally is until it's fixed. So, hey, there you go. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're not living there, so it really. Yeah. And the, like, it's livable technically. Um, but like, it's definitely not ideal. And it's, I'm super not doing that with my dog. Like, Buster will just bark for the whole day if they're doing repairs on my roof like that's a disaster so um but it's been good because i can at least like still enter my apartment it was good to like go into the city this weekend and be able to stop there and see what was going on so we're making it guys we're making it (laughs) can you enter sandman i do have one question though kate what's that you said you went to the beach on Sunday. Yes. I Came home, not... watched Forbidden Door. What? No, no, no. I don't. I don't <laughs> care about that. Where are um, where were all the thirst traps that we could have <laughs> used to drive to social? I want to pick my spots, and this didn't seem like the the type of thirst trap outing as I was with my sister. That seemed weird and wrong. I mean, you had somebody to take photos. That's a good point, but I'm not going to ask my sister to take sexy pictures of me. I mean, Sorry judging by fellas. what Natty Neidhart is doing, seems like you could. You know, that's a good point, but I'll just turn that right back around on you, Aunt, because you were also on a beach, and where are your thirst traps? <laughs> I took thirst trappy photos, thank you. I didn't not of myself. On... Not of myself. Huge, did take huge some thirst mistake traps. right there. How are you going to keep Mrs. Money around when Christian looks like he walked out of a GQ catalog every week and we're seeing Tony Nese's ads and you won't even take thirst trap pictures of yourself? Listen, I almost had... Participate in your marriage. I almost had to watch Tony Nese's Pure Match for the second time in two days. (laughs) Great match. But that's not why she was... Yeah. I mean, I was told that's why. You know, it was a really great match. Can we watch it again? And I was like, that's not why you want to watch it again. I need to watch it in half speed to study the intricacies. Yeah, she's like, if they could just zoom. Uh, Mrs. Money chiming in saying that your picks are on OnlyFans, so I can't even I can't even blame you for that. Make your money. Make your aunt money. <laughs> also, uh, also, Tony Z, I can't believe he's up so goddamn late, but he's saying oh who's gosh. up for double... Who's up for double churros? I mean, I love churros. Who doesn't love a good churro? Hi, Tony. He must have had his midday nap. He's so old. The oldest. If you listen to the Monday Night Show, you can hear him yelling about referees. I was dying in the car uh, (laughs) on the way home uh, from Chicago. Uh, And I just thought it was amazing. The best part. So uh, we'll plug... uh, for Millionaire Matt, since he's not here, uh, Monday Night Shining Wizards, uh, check out this Monday's episode. Um, the point where they were talking about refereeing. Yeah, Matt uh, pulled himself off the stream so that just they could the just best, go head to head. Just the best part. Mark Henry to come in and be like, it's time for your main event after that, because it was just like a split screen of them just yelling at each other about referees. And oh, also... And- like yelling at each other and mostly agreeing, which I thought was really funny. Like there was yes. very much a middle ground that they came to, but they were both shouting. Perhaps <laughs> the biggest, perhaps the biggest part 
uh, the biggest uh, bombshell dropped on the Monday night show. And Tony Z said it, uh, uh, Kevin's going to service the Mark order. <laughs> um, it's true. Uh, that was said, Ryan, uh, you're part of this. So, you know, I know you're all in for it. Um, that was my favorite part. And then it came up again and all I kept saying was, Hey, get in line. We're first. That's it. As long as we're in the front, Kevin could do whatever else he wants. There it is. Oh man. So you went to the beach, no thirst traps. Thanks for that. And then, um, and you went to Stokes show. Yeah, which was good. His set got cut short because a comedian ahead of him blew the light by like an extra seven minutes or something egregious, but was very fun, very funny. Um, and a really cool, I don't know if you've been to any shows at the stand, but it's a really, yes. yeah, it's a really nice room and they don't like gouge you on on two drink minimums or anything like that. Like it was a really, really chill environment and a a good lineup. I always have a lot of respect for comedians anyway, but to merge a room of some people that know about wrestling and some that don't and have to cater to, to both key demos, if you would, while you're in there, uh, is a tricky thing to do. And Stokely was great. And a lot of the comedians that were on before him were, were really, really, really solid. It was, a, it was a blast. So we had a good time. Uh, were you upstairs or, uh, downstairs? This was downstairs in the main room. Okay. I guess the first one sold out the small room, so then they went into the big room. But on the weekend of Forbidden Door might have not been like the greatest call. Right. Well, I mean, but it's not like it was in New York City, so they weren't necessarily. Correct. Yeah. Competing. But who else? Do you remember who else was on that show? I don't. There weren't any other like. Uh, big, name. big names, but there is going to be one with him and Mark Henry at some point. So oh. that'll be fun to look out for, for sure. Yeah, and with some no-name comics, Dave Chappelle, John Mulaney, just people no one's ever heard of. Some, yeah, some. Uh, I don't know any of them. Some, some jobber, John Mullen, Mulaney. I don't know, not familiar. Adam Sindler. I don't know. Oh, doesn't sound familiar. <laughs> um. And I guess if anybody out there is listening, and we know at least 10 people are watching us at this moment, um, you should certainly, uh, and we're going to talk about Dynamite in a little bit, uh, but you should certainly tweet or get in touch with Stoke and just tell them the Mark Order Pod or at Mark Order Pod said you need to bring Sonny into the baddies. That's all you have yeah. to do. Just tell them the Mar at Mark Order Pod sent you. Sunny into the baddies, please. Sunny into the baddies. Just hound say it him yourself. Say him. it from us. Say it in general. Like, yeah, I've seen a lot of it online, which is good because that does feel like something that needs to happen. So, yes, yes. Just an FYI. Uh, Ryan, how have you been? I've been grand. I went to the beach this weekend. Um, grand. No thirst traps from you either. Wow. Come on, uh, Ryan. I mean, I was lying. I didn't go, but you beat me to the fact you beat me, killed my joke because I was going to make fun of you that I was going to unleash a bunch of thirst traps. But no, I did nothing. I, I do would. nothing. I'm I'm pulling for a mark order calendar. I've said I'm in. I, I want to be December. Santa with his package. Well, there's the hat will not Nobody. be on the head on my shoulders. <laughs> snow well, I like bunny. I want snow, bun snow bunny schlong. That would be very sweet. Well, that could be January. I could be December and January. 
I think Ant should be do the Kelly Kelly Fourth of July bikini shoot. I don't recall that, but I can certainly look it up. It's like Ooh. I know. I'm I'm sorry to have to put you through this, but it's just like her in an American if, flag bikini. Like, if he must look it up, if if one must. I mean, is it? It's got to be this one that I'm finding right now. Hold on. Oh, these fucking things. <laughs> it's not going to be big enough to share. Sorry. It's not going it, to. This isn't panning out as well wow. as I thought it was. The demand for schlong is <sighs> both wonderful, but also really discouraging as I am the sole woman in the group. And we have a lot of straight male uh, viewers. But you know what? If Ryan's the moneymaker. That's so for sure. It. It's true. Shlong, I'm also ever fade. Got Signelli oh Potato impression. You're welcome. Uh, I wasn't going. I was going um, Xtina, but okay. Well, then you're just dirty. Oh yeah, he's he's dirty. <laughs> he's era. Dirty. And the trashy black highlights. Oh, oh yes. perfect. So Shlong. I asked about it before because it looked like somebody else in the background. But uh, would you like to fill people in on your background tonight? It's not very <laughs> wrestling related, but it's fantastic. I think it's very wrestling related based on tonight. It is the classic band. Is it end together or together? It's just two together. End together was, was like the biscuit. Okay. So it's the classic band together. I think we all remember this classic boy band. Of course. You, you plus me plus sign me equal sign us i know my calculus that's how calculus works that's right <laughs> it's felt like it, i wish should honor the jazz tonight i like it that's fair i do like it ryan it's sad that you didn't do anything this weekend i'm not gonna lie we gotta get you out we gotta get you some vitamin d in the sun it's true we gotta, we gotta do something Look at me. Man, did I you do anything this weekend? I didn't. I was going to go to that. <laughs> <laughs> and stayed home, did nothing. No traveling. Stayed home. He just stayed home. Hung out at him. <laughs> Had a hoagie. Some water. This is why I don't go out. I don't I don't want the abuse. <laughs> no, you wouldn't get abuse. You're in your own backyard. Every everybody's like you down there. It's true. You go to the Philly Riviera Wildwood. Wildwood by the water. That's right. Most of them speak the way I speak down there, so I don't know. I know. There you go. So for you me, going down there, it's like going to a foreign country. Yeah, I don't go to Wildwood really, though. Why would you? It's the... I get you out and about. Yeah, there's, there's better South Jersey beaches. <laughs> Oot and boots. <laughs> well, now Why we're Canadian. Canadian. I don't know. We I don't know. You're very nice. Kind of fits. A lot of apologizing. Sorry. 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 I'm not your buddy sorry. guy. <laughs> I'm not yeah, your friend, guy. Bad. I'm not your. I'm not your guy, friend. buddy. I'm <laughs> not your buddy, friend. Wait, but for realsies, Aunt, how do you want to structure this? Because we have to do a forbidden door recap. Do you want yeah. to? Do you want to switch it up tonight, or do you want to do this now? Like, do you want to do rankings and commercial block, and then talk about forbidden door and no, no, no. Night in your trip? So we're we're foregoing uh, rampage. All the 
Okay. And rankings. Let's just get rid of those two things. No, we're doing the rankings. Fuck no. you. People tune in for the rankings. When we don't have rankings, <laughs> people we riot. tank. That's yeah, true. people do not like it. I hear about it all over. Um, no, we're not going to talk about Rampage because it's pointless in uh, you point, know the yeah. scheme of things. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about Forbidden Door first, and then we're going to uh, get into Dynamite. Uh, so let me tell you about the... There you go. Uh, let's talk about the the road trip. Yes, please. Um, I had such baseball game before uh, wrestling show envy. <laughs> I was yeah. like, "That's my thing. I want to go." I don't. I don't want to. Uh, well, let's get into it and uh, just tell you this: we became very good friends on Instagram with a couple of huge brands. So we did, yeah. I'm very excited that it panned out for us. So let's talk about the trip out. Um, so we left Thursday night relatively on time. Um, Eric Freed's uh, wants to talk about the music of the road trip. We'll get there a little bit. Um, Made love all night. No. Bro, his uh, brother went. <laughs> well, so did someone else, though. So, yeah, I mean, so did Jay. We're not brothers. Or are you Eskimo brothers? Good. No, we're never <laughs> not even in the same league anyway. Um, so we left Thursday relatively on time and um, we didn't really hit any issues on the road. Uh, we stopped in Youngstown, Ohio, you know, to split the trip up. Okay. We woke up the next morning. How long's the drive before, before we oh, get the down. whole drive from Chicago yeah. or New Jersey to Chicago? Uh, 12 hours. Okay. I just, it helps give me context to like when you start describing stops being like either you guys stopped way too much or not enough. No. If, if, if if it was a certain like if you told me the drive's like oh it's five hours and I see you stop at three food places I got issues as to what the hell you got <laughs> no no so uh, it was uh, it was certainly a twelve hour drive and Youngstown is sort of like the believe it or not like a midway point um, because you get all the way through Pennsylvania and you're kind of like right over the border in Ohio um, the way out we stopped twice. Uh, the first time was for gas uh, and to kind of stretch a little bit because we were getting close to the border. And then the second time was right before we got to the hotel to get something to eat because we hadn't really eaten anything. So um, so uh, we decided to stop at Sheets. I'm going to put this out there and fuck the haters. Sheets is in the hierarchy of gas station convenience store food places. It is Sheets, and these are the places I've been to because I've never been to Bucky's or any of these other places. I got to get to Bucky's. I hear it's amazing. But anyway, it goes Sheets, very, 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 very far down Wawa. No, you're already wrong. We can stop. And then quick check. Nope, you're absolutely wrong. It is Sheets, very far down Wawa, and then quick check. What about 7-Eleven? That, that doesn't even qualify Food on rollers? Come on, Kate. What about the place that we went? Crap, what's it called? In Baltimore with the fried oh. chicken and we both got dyed ginger ales because we're... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the name of that, but I haven't been to those enough to be able to, you know, put them on the list. It was something, some other bullshit. I don't know. Um, so unlike Jericho, they did not make the list. No, they didn't make the list. 
Um, it's something Royal Farms, I think that was it. Royal Farms. Uh, we didn't get the chicken though, so I can't. You That's know, we didn't get overrated. So, anyway, um, stopped at sheets, stretched out a little bit, took a nice photo of the sheets, went to bed, woke up the next morning, found out sheets was like, "Hey guys, thanks for coming. We like your picture. Thank you. Have some bites." I was like, "Hey sheets, let's talk about a little sponsorship for the Mark Order hey, podcast. Yeah. You know, I'll take uh, I'll take some bites. A little back scratching. You know That's what I mean." So we woke up the next morning. We went to how else are you going to start your trip out to a wrestling event in the morning? Stopping at Waffle House. Of course. Got to go to Waffle House. <laughs> Danny Magic and Tall J had never been. So I was like, we got to go. What? That's what I said. I was like, we got to go to Waffle House. And then they started asking him when they're ordering, like, what kind of waffles do you want? And that, like, made Danny Magic's brain explode. He's like, what? are you talking about? And they were like, blueberry, chocolate chips, peanut butter. Yeah. It's called waffle like, house, wait, not waffle wait. cubicle where you only get one waffle. Sure. Waffles versus pancakes. Well, <clears throat> these are not Belgian waffles. Schlong. Have you been to waffle house? Long, long time ago. Okay. So it depends because I will take a waffle house waffle over a pancake over like a Belgian waffle. You know what I mean? But yeah, for those who don't know, Waffle House waffles are not the really thick Belgian waffles. They're just almost Kate, almost like an Eggo, right? But yeah, I would say closer to Eggo than Belgian. Yeah, but I like. But I also thicker. like. Oh, we you know. love it thick, Schlong. We know with two C's. Um, thick. I feel like it's mood dependent for me. Like sometimes I'm in more of a pancake mood, and sometimes I'm more of a waffle gal. It also depends where you go. If I go to a Very. place that's known for pancakes, I'm gonna get pancakes. I'm not gonna get a waffle. There it is. Went to Waffle House. What am I gonna do? You're at a, a diner. Toast. You're at a good old fashioned Jersey diner. Uh, pancake because it's a Belgian waffle usually, and that's you know pointless to me. See, I like Belgian waffles, but. Pancakes are just so good. I also feel like I'm more apt to get like a a really great side situation with pancakes where a waffle, I feel like I'm usually just all in on the waffle, but pancakes, I'm like also like round out my meal. You know what I mean? I want to point out the difference between Kate and me. Kate's like, oh, I get a side with pancakes and I go, oh, pancakes are my side. Yeah. Sometimes I've done that before too. Waffles are also a side at Waffle House if you really want them to be. Can I get a waffle with a side of waffles? Thank you. I mean, you know, I had to fuel my day. The people are asking about Cracker Barrel and French toast. I mean. Separately. All right. We have to answer these one by one. This is going to be a long (laughs) show, folks. So strap in. Um, Let's see. Thankfully, the blood and guts match took up like an hour of dynamite. So we'll be able to save there. (laughs) Quite honestly, yes. Thoughts on Cracker Barrel, Asian Joe? I don't mind it. You kind of know what you're getting there. Um, but I usually... It's a barrel full of crackers. That's right. I usually... <laughs> I feel like the times I've stopped at Cracker Barrel on the road, it wasn't for breakfast, believe it or not. It was for, like, dinner. So I don't, I don't know how many times I've actually had breakfast on Cracker Barrel. I don't okay. have a problem with it. With Cracker Barrel, it's like if you're planning to go there, it's a breakfast situation. If you're like, we need to stop for dinner, oh, Cracker Barrel, like that happens too. So I think it's to just me, like it's the, a place. I wasn't. You don't know where you're at, and you're like, 
I don't know what to get here. I don't know any of the food. And you see Cracker Barrel, and you're like, I know what this will be. I wasn't done. I know. <laughs> I have a Cracker Barrel story, and it is my favorite. So years ago, I went to Bonnaroo. And like every responsible person in their early 20s, I went and like this um, really old Camry with people I didn't know that well and one friend who I knew very well. And the friends that we didn't know that well, their car broke down and they abandoned us immediately. Of course. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so trying to figure out how to get back. Like Ryan thinks he's insulting me by sleeping. Like he's not sleeping through half the show or pulled off the screen usually. True. Um on the way back, we had a whole amalgamation of ways to get home, one of which was the train ride. But before the train ride. <laughs> Kate with the I wasn't done on schlong. Also, Kate, I thought I told you to keep this all to yourself unless we asked you for your opinion. But go ahead. You know, go ahead. Really you know what? Why don't you crack a barrel? That was where I was going with the joke, but okay. My womanly domain probably belongs with Cracker Barrel. But I'm just kidding. Go. We were in, I think, in Knoxville, Tennessee. My friend, who was healthy and weird, um, asked what their vegetable of the day was, and their vegetable of the day bad, bad decision was cornbread dressing. <laughs> I thought you were gonna go creamed corn. No, well, but like that's the point. Corn, yeah, barely a vegetable. True, corn, it's a starch. It's a starch. Cornbread, <laughs> not, not even, even a vegetable at that point. You've bastardized corn. It's bread. Cornbread yeah. dressing? Like, how far away are we from a vegetable? And that was Knoxville, Tennessee, in a nutshell, from my experience there. Uh, let me jump back real quick. I enjoyed that, Kate, but let me make Thank sure you. we're answering these questions. Where does French toast land in the debate? French toast, a little too sweet for my taste sometimes, depending on where you get it, because they just throw sugar all over the fucking thing. Um, I know that sounds stupid because you pour sugar on it anyway with oh, syrups. Awesome. Oh my god. Um, but I don't I don't generally go French toast. It would be you know, pancake or waffle and then French toast, I guess. Most places, if I'm looking at breakfast, most most of the time actually I'm doing eggs or omelet or something like that. Same. I am not generally a sweet breakfast fan. It but needs to, if you're going in on French toast, it's gotta be like Texas toast style bread. Like French toast really comes down to the bread that it's with. It needs to be cinnamon raisin or at no. least cinnamon to start. No. Yes. Have you ever had challah bread? Of course. French toast? Yeah, Fantastic. it's really good. Um, but don't give me your flimsy bullshit, just like standard bread. No, like if it's French toast, you gotta you gotta come in hot with, like, it's gotta be like as thick as Ryan likes it. You know what I mean? Oof, thick with three <laughs> three C's. It's true. Five C's. Like, um, like you up five. Thick, you know what he I said mean? Five. Yeah, thick. <laughs> um. Wow, I didn't think Waffle House was gonna stir up this much debate. I did. Um. What kind Gordon wants to know what kind of syrup do you prefer? Uh maple? Straight down the middle maple. Get out of here with boysenberry and all that shit. No. I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. If I were to find myself in an IHOP, which I really don't very often, but if I'm finding myself in an IHOP pre-pandemic, because I don't know what it's like post-pandemic. <laughs> pre-pandemic, when they're putting three types of syrup on the table, I'm using all three types of syrup. Really? Not at once. 
I'm asking for a separate plate. And I'm going to do one with syrup, one with berry, one with strawberry, you know, whatever they got. I, I, I respect the hell out of that. Ryan, can you come back on camera? I hate <laughs> when I can't see your. <laughs> oh, I like it so much better. I'd much rather look at these guys in together than at Ryan. Hi, My Ryan. issue with boysenberry is who names something edible so close to the word poison? Well, well maybe that was the trick. It was. <gasps> you did get changes. Kill us. Mm, let me see. Did I miss any waffle discussion? <laughs> um, I think we're caught up. You get why eggs. Why does the show take three hours every week? You get cheesy <laughs> eggs. Why? With potatoes on, like with um home Where fries, are we potatoes on the side, bacon, sausage, short Wait, stack. Wait, what kind of what kind of fries? Home fries. Home fries. <laughs> Um, anyway, so the whole point of this, we do the Waffle House gimmick, uh, you know, take a nice photo, how, you know, how else are we going to start Waffle House? We're best friends now. Waffle That's House it. commenting, liking, love it. And I said, slide up in my DMs, Waffle House, I'm a Waffle House slut. Let's do something. Hey. Um, so, um, so we continue on our way, and the second day, our next stop. Hold, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, your buddy Joe Walsh had two point five eggs, and my question here is, how do you have half an egg? Well, half an egg is going to get stuck to the pan eventually. That's my guess. Unless it's hard boiled. Oh, eggos. eggos. Okay. That's an even worse question: is how do you leave half an ego? If yeah, you're making three you? egos, Joe, like. You know. Did Joe have a kid that would only want half an ego or would want one and a half egos? He does have a kid, but I don't think he's going to want a half an ego. Yeah. I think also raise, raise your kid. Right. Well, he is. Don't you worry. That not kid if is he's giving him half egos. He's not. Trust me. Uh, Joe Walsh is, eats like a bird slow and low. Anyway. Um, Daphne is Daphne Joe's daughter dog. Oh, I respect that. Large dog. I, I respect um, giving a dog half an ego. <laughs> Eric Freed wants to know if we gave the Waffle House stickers. <gasps> Unfortunately, Freed, we did not because the comment came later. Um, and, um, you know, I don't think that local Waffle House is responding. I think it's corporate HQ. So, uh, you know, either way, we're in with the Waffle House. We're in with Sheets. <sighs> we're huge in the Midwest right now. Yeah. Um, so our next stop of the day on our set on our first full day of kind of travel was Indiana to Mr. Joe Walsh's, um, Joe Walsh, uh, lives very close to the shore of Lake Michigan. So we said, we're going to stop by and see you. Cause it's been, Oh, I don't know, three years, uh, since we've seen him in person because of this goddamn pandemic. So, we had the plan to stop there, hang out for a little bit, stretch our legs, go on the beach. Since my other guys had not been to the shores of Lake Michigan, um, so uh, we get out there. We had a little time to kill, and uh, my buddy Tall Tall Man Jay, he's like a freak athlete. He was like a he's a great basketball player, collegiate player. Uh, set some college records at his school that still stand great high school player, all around natural athlete. 
we pass a mini golf course with batting cages and he says let's hit some dingers so and dingers so we stopped at the batting cages even though we probably didn't have to wait 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 does that does it make you baddies oh my god anyway so we eventually want to learn the terrible truth you wanted to just see some dingers (laughs) (laughs) so we uh we head to joe walsh's on the shore of lake michigan we uh headed out on the beach um got in the lake for a little bit and then we made the rest of our way out to uh chicago now uh it should be known uh that Tall Man Jay had never been to Chicago. He really wanted deep dish pizza. So the plan was to get some deep dish, but we wanted to continue on to Chicago to sort of get in town at a normal hour. So um, so we made our way. Uh, and, uh, you know, Danny Magic is riding shotgun navigator. And he goes, which I know, Kate, you're like, how is he navigating? We went the wrong way to Baltimore. Correct. Um, yeah, the wrong way. Just on... Very, very early in the trip, we went the wrong way. Sure. So um, so he goes, okay, uh, Giordano's is open till 10. We're slated to get in at 9, plenty of time. So we're getting there, and now we had swum in, you know, I had swam and all this stuff, and I said, listen, guys, I'm not planning on showering or anything. Let's just go straight for dinner. We're going to be hungry. Jay needs this pizza, blah, blah, blah. Tall Man Jay and Danny Magic say, well, we kind of want to shower. And I was like, we're going to be pushing it, but okay. Tall Man Jay changes his tune. I'm not going to shower. Let's We can go straight there. Danny Magic needs to shower. Danny Magic says he feels sand all over him, and he needs to shower. So we get there. He checks in and goes straight to the room. We unpack the car. And now we're rolling out to the Giordano's like five minutes away. And it's like 930 to which Danny Magic says plenty of time. We roll up and they say seating's done for the night. (laughs) So our backup plan, which we had planned to go anyway, we swapped the days. We went to uh, Kuma's Corner. Uh, Anybody out in the Chicagoland area, if you've never been to Kuma's Corner, it's like heavy metal and burgers and be and you know like uh beer and stuff like that so they play like death metal and fucking doom and all that kind of stuff while you're eating these crazy giant burgers hell yeah fantastic um love kumas rob humphrey agrees there kumas is amazing it absolutely is and then we call it a night um so now saturday morning saturday morning we wake up uh the plan is to go to the white Sox game orioles are in town Going to the White Sox game. Um, rain oh in that God, synergy. Orioles. Synergy. Oh, I know, Kate. And don't worry, I have something for you there. So we go. Uh, the game is scheduled for a one o'clock start. Uh, and it's raining that morning, but we're following along. And they're going to definitely get this game in because Sunday night baseball was at six o'clock. So if they had to double up, they're... Sunday game was at one o'clock. They would have had to play a single admission doubleheader like one and four. So they were going to get this game in no matter what. So we headed to the ballpark uh, and um, and we we get there and the game was still delayed when we got there. So we had some time. I will say this. Uh, so we stayed at the, we stayed in Schaumburg, which 
I thought was like 20 minutes away. It's like 40 minutes away. Um, people think New York traffic is bad. Chicago fucking blows with the traffic and the parking situation at guaranteed rate field is the shits. We were driving around to get into a specific lot. Couldn't turn down the street. The guy goes, go to the next one, go around. Okay. So we go around and then we're coming down the street and they're telling us to go left. So we ask them, we have prepaid parking for lot A. So the lady goes, yes, down the street, stay left, go straight. And we get to the light and they've got it blocked off. And the guy's telling us, go the other way. And we're saying, prepaid parking, lot A. And the guy goes, okay, this way. And he sends us down the road. There's nobody there. We're like, cool. So we enter the lot. It's a fucking drop off. Like the lot's blocked where we went in, but you can drop people off. So we now go around and now we we're parked down in fucking no man's land. We have to go under and over, over and underpass, under and overpass. We eventually get in. The ballpark's actually very nice. We were lucky enough to have seats from a season ticket holder. So like we had club access and all that stuff. Say this very nice food, very nice ballpark. It was a giveaway day. It was a dual bobblehead giveaway. I don't even remember who the players are because it's the White Sox. Let's be honest. Um, but I gave them back to to our guy who gave us the tickets. So I don't even have them to show you. But um, there were more people walking out of the stadium when we were walking into the stadium just with the bobbleheads. So that tells you something. What? Tells you something about the team on the field, Kate. Um, Yikes. But the food was very good. The ballpark was very nice. Uh, You know, uh, so it was a good time. And Kate, this is where it kind of hit Danny Magic and myself is, but I'll give Danny Magic the credit. Um, Every trip we've taken for wrestling and ball games, the home team has lost. And we did it for Baltimore. Baltimore lost. We did it this time. The White Sox lost. Funny enough, Baltimore won. And they were know, the they, away team. They got their comeuppance. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, it was a very nice day. We did that. Then we went back. And the whole time, Danny Magic is going, we got plenty of time to get deep dish tonight. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Don't say that. You're going to curse it. Not jinx it. We did get deep dish. Tall man Jay was uh, was in love with the deep dish. That was great. And then they decided to what? What? Deep dish is mid. I mean, it's, it's a, a whole different. It's, it's not a whole pizza. Different. That's the problem. Yeah. It, you can't compare it to like New York style or Detroit style. They're all different. It's not pizza. And personally, I don't it's like Detroit lo- style. It's a loaf of bread. It's lasagna soup. It is lasagna soup. Thank you. It's not very good. New York forever. I mean, it's two different things. Anyway. Um, and then they decide they wanted to go to some place that was like uh, Dave and Buster's. So we spent the night there. That was very nice. I got baby A some kinetic sand. Nice. As a prize with my tickets. Nice. So what games did you play? Uh, let's see. A lot of pop shot. 
Of course, tall Fair man J, basketball player, wants to shoot hoops. Um, connect four with the basketball is a big thing now. Every time I played, I lost because the shot hit and then bounced out into the wrong, the wrong row. Oh, like literally, yeah. I'm like for the block, ugh. And then it was just tall man Jay's basically looking at me shooting, and it's going right in. He's winning. What was your shit when you were like a kid? I like Time Crisis a lot. Okay. I mean, I probably wasn't a kid. I also, I'm going to age myself. Uh, Mortal Kombat, Street nice. Fighter, Mortal Kombat, Virtua Fighter. A lot of those fighting games. Killer Instinct. Killer See, that Instinct was not. Bold. I like probably because I didn't have video games. Like I, I was big ski ball gal. I like ski ball. Like and a big ball. um do you remember like big bertha or whatever with the plastic ball where you would throw it into her mouth and then her dress would expand and she would get fat yes i, I do remember that. i used to win mad tickets on that uh you know what i'm very good at now and mm-hmm. i have to credit it to softball because i pitch mm-hmm. there's like a milk like a milk can or a milk just at the um at the boardwalk where you have to toss yeah. the ball into the top of the milk. They have something like that now in an arcade. I, You get like five shots. I put three of them in the milk jug in a row. Nice. So I felt very good about myself. Okay. Um, so that was very good. I like anything sort of like that. But yeah. So it was very, it was okay. very, very fun night. And then Sunday was the big day. So uh, Sunday, the weather was beautiful all day. We wound up going out to uh, Navy Pier in the morning to hang out with um, um, sorry, I'm looking at the text. Uh, Aunt, did your knee that scarred Junior ever heal? I don't know what that means, but Eric Freed's, if you're talking about... You hurt about, yourself in softball. Yes, that's what I was getting to, Schlong. Thank you. Um, you said you didn't know. No, I don't. It, his the text was very weird, but yeah. uh, yes, uh, it did heal up. It looks fucked up, but it's perfectly fine now. Thank you for thinking of me, Freeds. So we went to Navy Pier. Um, we got some food at, uh, what, the Billy Goat Tavern, and I felt like a fucking idiot. I didn't know that that was the big cheeseburger, cheeseburger, like the place that, you know, SNL did their skit. Like, I had no clue. Very good. We hung out for a while. Then we headed out to the United Center uh, for the big night. And uh, we went straight in to where the Jordan statue was. So we got some pictures with the Jordan statue. We went to our seats and then we commenced the evening of wrestling. And we're going to talk about that, but really quick. Then the next day we drove home um, and schlong. We did the entire 12 hour drive in one day. Yeah, I mean, 12 is not terrible, depending on what time you leave. It's it's long, no matter what. Like, it just feels long. And we stopped, like, three times, you know, like, gas, and then maybe once or twice in between just to stretch, because it gets to you after a while. And then you had to go the wrong direction for an hour, probably. Yeah, we did go to Michigan uh, first. <laughs> The, the crazy thing, too, in reality, we realize it going out and then going home, you realize, too, like there's a stretch of road in. I don't remember if it was Indiana or Ohio, but you're on like Route 90 and th- you're going 
there's all these overpasses and um you know you're like where are the exits there's no fucking exits like if you get off that road first of all there's nothing it's all farmland and like one house plopped in the middle of all these farms so it's like if you get off you're fucked because then you have to just ride the side road until you can get on route 90 again so we didn't get off anywhere i think the first time we stopped we stopped in indiana just before we really got going to get gas and then like we got through all that we stopped in ohio to get gas and like something to eat we stopped somewhere in pennsylvania to stretch and to go to the bathroom and then like we did the rest of the ride home so and then and then you got back on the road on the road road yeah um and then i got up to go to work on tuesday morning in the city so that was fun Oh boy. Long, long couple days. A lot of fun. Um, I know Asian Joe said it somewhere before. Um that um I think he appreciated the uh the videos on the TikTok. Um I put a couple videos up. Uh one was definitely thirst trappy, me laying in bed, lounging, talking in a very smooth voice. Yeah, see, I know how to do it. Uh and then um we put sort of like a recap video, just some pictures from the trip, and I put some effects on it. So Joe said he liked that. It was a wonderful trip. And uh, just so you guys know, I truly uh, do wish you guys could have come along, especially uh, he who's not here, millionaire Matt. Matt would have been on fire this whole trip. He because always there are some things, is. <laughs> there are some things I'm, I'm not going to talk about here. I'll tell you guys when we get off with like Danny Magic and Paul Man J. <laughs> but Matt would have been beside himself quite a <laughs> few times on this trip. Um, it just would have been so much fun. So hopefully next time if we take a long, you know, a big trip, um, we'll we'll get to do it together. Uh I'll also take a moment to plug, since we mentioned Matt, uh mm-hmm. the Bread Club on Fightful Overbooked is like crushing it on that channel it's probably the most watched consistent show on there and their episodes before and after forbidden door were really 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 strong so if you want to catch up on your new japan check it out and um it's just awesome to to have matt Uh, killing it on something that he knows so much about and he's the only person um other than me that's doing anything that's worth plugging um well well, hold on real quick wait i i just want to say this uh schlong and then you can definitely get to it um let's just be honest the only reason matt's doing it is because the true new japan expert shining wizards tony yeah it's just busy couldn't do it yeah so they settled for second best go ahead he just loves well my comment more is they call it the bread club but we had a bigger food discussion right now than i've ever heard on their podcast that's a good point ours was more like the carb club so. But they never talk about bread, and I listen for bread. No, I mean, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. I did have to ask Matt, why is it the bread club? Because Kojima! Well, listen, I don't watch that much New Japan. Like, I knew, I watched enough to know about who was appearing at Forbidden sure. Door. Like, but, but I don't just, know all the ins and outs. Just keep up with him on social media, because all of his tweets are like, so grateful to be in this match gonna be a historic day also i love bread like there's just yeah. no additional context but also schlong if you want to plug yourself 
because he was on a fight. Ooh, I don't know if you want to see that. <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, so this weekend, I so I guess I did two small things this weekend, but I didn't leave my house, so I don't think it's considered doing anything. <laughs> I well three. I was on two, three Fightful Select shows, um, all related because Rob over at Fightful Select likes me. The fuck am um, I? Job liver? That's God. more yes. Fightful Select shows than I did. So, <laughs> and watch other people's shows, and then they they like you. Um, fuck Fightful. How about that? Fuck them. There you wow. go. So I did. Um, now they'll bring a heel. Co- I did coexisting after dark with uh, Rob and Maggie, and then on uh, Sunday I did an Obi Wan review with. Rob, Maggie, and uh, Doc Mueller. I'll say this, Schlong. I didn't listen to it, but I had a lot of hot takes on fucking Obi-Wan that we can get into off the air. I, I loved it, so it'd be, it's, I don't have that many hot takes. but no, Not that I didn't love yeah. it, but there were definitely some things that I was like, okay. Ryan yeah, oh, yeah. loved something? I'm stunned. And then, and then I was on a, a Forbidden Door preview show that day as well so you can check out three things over on fifles like the one that holds up the well f- the friday show coexisting after dark and the obi-wan obviously have a little bit more staying power because neither is very specific to a wrestling event that has already passed <laughs> that is fair i'll say this listen joe walsh makes a great point i was boots on the ground in chicago it's true. That's you fine. were our correspondent fine. there. No, that's fine. Nobody, uh, you know, I'll, I'll. You've always been our boots on the ground. I'll just go fuck myself, to, I guess. We sent you to Jacksonville. I'll just go fuck myself. Um, also, Save for Freed, the Oli fans. Freed says, why off the air, uh, Obi Wan, I'm down. Uh, because oh, this, this show's already an hour there. in, and we haven't even really talked wrestling. I got figure talk, Obi Wan, who gets no shit. figure talk. I did get lots uh, of people. I did get something in the mail. I got uh, the shirt behind me. I don't know if you guys could see it. This is a blending of everything I love. Oh, that's great. Uh, I think uh, it was Ruckus Tease did it. It was a very short run. I I ain't afraid of no sting. That's right. (laughs) So they came out really great. Uh, I'm happy to have gotten some. Um, No, that's awesome, Shlong. I I saw you were looped into that stuff. I've got something I'm working on, by the way, and I'm not going to give it away until I know. Don't give it away until you can plug it. Good, because we keep saying we're doing stuff and we don't make any progress on it. So let's. No, 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 not for this. Just for my own appearance outside of this place. How about that? How you guys like me now? Huh? How you like me now? I love that. We love. Make sure you do so we can plug. So we can plug you. So we can plug you. Oof! God, I'm such a plug slut. Um. I will say this. I do need to say we will, but I do need to say this. Um, Milwaukee Tom was out there. He did say, sorry, I missed you guys this weekend. Tom, uh, we are sorry we missed you. Just not enough fucking time, man. Like every time you do one of these trips, you're like, yeah, we'll get to hang out. We'll get to do that. There's no goddamn time. Like from what I've been told, Milwaukee Tom is like the dawn of in like wrestling people when they get together that he's never by himself. So I bet you Milwaukee Tom, Tom was just crowded with people at all. Yo, times. Milwaukee Tom is a fucking legend. So I'll say he, this. He had his visor on. He, he had did. his Hawaiian shirt on. I was looking out for it. I was looking all the fuck over when I was in that building. Uh and I didn't see him. Uh and I, I also don't know where he, he was. 
I'm so curious if him and Dan Barry have the same Hawaiian shirt because they look very similar. Hmm. He sent me a selfie. Are they the same person? Have oh you my ever God, seen are them Dan in the Barry same room? Milwaukee t- I haven't seen them in the same room. See? Dad, if anyone dad, dad. should know, it'd be you, Kate. Thinking, thinking, thinking. It's true. I am married to one of them. Well, engaged. You're not married yet. That's a very good point. Well, guys, let's talk a little bit about wrestling. We don't have to go through the whole card. We'll we'll run through the results and stuff from the Forbidden Door. There are certainly things I want to touch on. Uh, we we don't have to go through the whole thing. But again, uh, I'm going to go through the results. And when you guys, when I want to talk about something, I'm going to stop. When you want to talk about something, just like signal me or something so I know to stop and talk. I will make an, a sound like this. <laughs> okay. You'll know it's my, that I Perfect. want to say something. Case I would like to off the off the top, I would like to say fuck Bleacher Report. Oh, I, was, the ugh. amount of issues I had with the app literally from the beginning up until Osprey and Orange Cassidy. I was the entire uh, Mid-Atlantic 4-Way just completely screwed. Just How long did awful. you experience that? That's why I wanted to talk the whole thing the same way. Fucking really? sucked. I Up until the 4-Way, same, same time as Kate, I don't know. And what would suck is, uh, and I heard Kate um, talking on Sarah Graf, so I know she had the same problem. It wouldn't just like cut out completely. You at some points just have sound. You just audio so, and a frozen picture, and I was like, "This so, is great if you love stills." So, but what was bad about that is that ha- it's it like watching an old timey right? radio show. Yeah, I yes. felt like it was a flip book. <laughs> but the worst part is it happened to me right as Dax returned. So I didn't uh, get to see it. I went back and watched because I wanted to see how he came out. But like, I was very fucking like I would have rather it just froze because I it would normally yeah. when it freezes it just catches you up. But then it just totally fucking happened. Dax came out. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, their app sucks. How are they the only people who haven't figured it out? I uh, well, I'll say this. I know Mrs. Money was watching and she didn't report any issues. So maybe it was. Um, I'm not I'm not saying like maybe it was you guys. Even Asian Joe here in the chat said, surprisingly, I didn't have any issues with Bleacher Report. Maybe it was just an intermittent thing, depending on where you were or how you were connected. I, I honestly don't know. I can tell you that on from my house, there were no issues. Asian Joe said he had no issues. I didn't see any chatter, you know, like online about a ton of issues like last time. But it's still something last they've got to figure was out worse because last time it didn't let you watch it all. So I don't right. think people were as inclined to bitch this time because it was like you could catch up. Whereas oh, last in the time chat, it, it was not only me. I'll say no, that. No, I was in the chat. Like, I saw yeah, that. It was awful. But I'm talking on Twitter. I don't think people were putting it out on Twitter because they were able – you were at least this time. It would be down for 20 seconds, and you were right back up. And you'd have a little bit, and it'd be down again. Last pay-per-view, it was down, like down. For the first – like – until the show started, basically the last time. Like, if you were trying to watch the buy-in on Bleacher Report, no bueno, did not work. I, just, I don't know, understand how they don't have this resolved fixed. at this point. Yeah, fight, fight. Like, listen, fight isn't as big of a company as Bleacher Report. Doesn't have the the backing behind it. They have no issues. Yeah, I think your girl's gonna be in Lithuania for the next pay per view and paying like twenty dollars for it and watching it on fight because. I would rather yep. save money and have it work. Well, uh, we'll get to the card, but I know that um, unofficially uh, TK put out a tweet saying thank you to everyone 
who made the Forbidden Door event a hit with over a million in ticket sales, which was kind of known because they sold that out immediately and then just released like extra seats as we got through the whole thing. Uh, plus uh, over five million on pay-per-view. You know, we're back Wednesday for, you know, Blood and Guts, blah, blah, blah. But so, what about the casual fan, guys? Only six million off of one pay-per-view. What are we going to do? Yeah. I mean, listen, this it's was not even our big four. <laughs> yeah. Listen, they I'd I would love to see what the worldwide numbers were because of, you know, uh New Japan and stuff like that. Like they sure. have a following all over. And that um, was without punk, without Danielson. Yeah. Without Hiromu, without Ishii, without Omega. Omega. Yeah, geez. God, that's probably the most important one that I left out. Yeah. It's Kenny by God Omega, oh Kate. Sixty-nine Jesus. me done. Sixty-nine me done. Um, so it seemed to be a pretty successful pay-per-view, as Kate said, without a lot of the heavy hitters on both sides. Um, so let's run through it. The buy-in had uh some really quality matches. Uh Goto and Yoshihashi defeated QT Marshall and Aaron Solo. Uh, Lance Archer and Nick Camarado, I think were a late ad because we didn't know about it until we got there that that was happening. Um, Lance Archer de- defeated Nick Camarado. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, and then Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee defeated El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru, um, which was a lot of fun as well. That um, match, I, I do want to pause just to t- yep. say that. Um, for two teams that didn't know each other, I thought that was one of the most well-agented tag matches in a really long time. Like, I thought that was so good. I know that Lee and Swerve are heading toward this breakup, but holy shit, are they fun together. Like, what yeah. a blast to watch. The tandem offense that they create is so, so good. And it was nice that they got El Desperado on, on this card as well. Like, he probably isn't, like, a New Japan heavy hitter necessarily, but, like, he's a very consistent worker there who is um constantly in the mix of things so it was it was really nice that he was on this card and i just thought this match was this could have been on the main card and i wouldn't have had any qualms about it like i i thought this was so so good um and like i said like i know they're headed toward this breakup but i'm really enjoying this tag run and i thought it was such a good use of lee and swerve who are both single stars but not going to be near a title anytime soon to put them together in a fun program that they've been in since they both walked in here, I think has just been a really, really good call. They they're great. And they did advance the story with team Taz after the match too, with um, Hobbs and uh, Lee in the sky box. So, you know, they were definitely moving that story ahead. Um, so, you know, they used the, which is great. You know, you use this moment in a pay-per-view to continue a story on television. So, uh, just a lot of fun there. And and to to just call out specifically, the whole opening of that match was fantastic with Keith Lee and uh, Kanemaru in the ring. And like they were sizing each other up and doing the feats of strength. Yes. And Keith Lee was like holding his hand up and it was like five feet higher than, you know, uh, Yoshi. <laughs> and he went uh, and got on the turnbuckles. It was just fantastic. I just the whole thing was a lot of fun. And then, guys, what everybody was tuning into the buy-in for, Billy Gunn, Austin Gunn, Colton Gunn, and Max Caster versus 
uh, Yuya, uh, Yuya, oh my God, Uemura, uh, excuse me, Alex Coughlin, the DKC, and Kevin Knight. Well, the, ass- <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the ass boys get distracted early by uh, Danhausen and run off, leaving Billy Gunn and his uh, maybe favorite son, Max Caster, uh, to get the victory over uh, the other team. So can you just imagine getting dressed, getting set backstage at the, at the curtain to your turn, you do the whole intro, you do the whole what's up Detroit, Michigan or whatever you do the whole thing. And then you get in the ring video and you run off and you get paid. I mean, that's a good a day at work night for the ass boys. That's a good day at work, but they also lost their father in the process, really. So, well, yeah, we'll, we'll talk awesome. about that. We'll get to it. <laughs> so my boo 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 was a comment and it was mm-hmm. that song. The ass boys song is fantastic. And if you go watch the YouTube video for it, Dan Housen is a big star in that video. Obviously he says he broke the lyrics, which wouldn't be shocking. They're not that complicated. But it is awesome, and I do really hope we could talk more tonight or whatever. But I mm-hmm. do really hope they they have a match with Danhausen at some point where the stipulation is if they lose, they have to use that as their theme because it is just too perfect. I mean, it will go over. It's already over, so they'd yeah. be stupid not to. Right? Should, is that a Mikey Ruckus original? No, it's. I think it's Danhausen's friends. His own work. It's the yeah. ass boys, Billy S and the ass boys. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, the Lord's it, work, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> it, it certainly was. It was. Let me see here. It was do, 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 uh, from uh, two minutes to late night, uh, the two minutes to late night crew. Um, and the lyrics are fantastic. Uh, it's we're the ass boys, Billy ass and the ass boys. Uh, it's our last name. We were born with them. We did not choose them. We won't shove them. We will not pick them. Thank you, Danhausen. Who were we fooling? No double dealing. We are not swearing. So many asses, one family tree. We can prove it with the 23 and me. <laughs> we're the ass boys. And that is just one verse. There is more to it. I'm not going to read through the whole thing. Um, but it was uh, it was fantastic. So it is on YouTube. I, f- I feel like I, s- I had seen that before um, before the show. I think it had been on uh, been up online like earlier this year, maybe January or February. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was from the crew who does two two minutes to late night. So if you're if you know what that is, you know, it makes total sense. Uh, all right, guys, jumping into the pay-per-view, uh, our first match of the night was Jericho, Sammy, and Suzuki versus Eddie, Yuta, and Shota Umina, Yumino. Uh, and um, in the end, uh, Stammy, uh, Sammy gets Yuta with a GTH fireman's carry knee strike on the floor. Suzuki plants Kingston with a gotch pile driver. And uh, Jericho blindsided uh, Yumino with a Judas effect for the win. So something I didn't know about this match was it was for the stipulation who gets the man advantage for the blood and guts tonight. Um, 
So listen, I thought this match was a lot of fun. And of course, we know we're building to blood and guts, which we'll talk about in a bit here. So I thought this match was great. Suzuki, the pop in the room for Suzuki was incredible. Um, And it was just it was so much fun to be there to see Suzuki. I mean, we had seen Suzuki, I think, once or twice on a dynamite live and it's just a whole different feeling in the room when he's there and these fans just ate it the fuck up. It was fantastic. Yeah. I think, you know, I, it was hard cause I didn't see a ton of this match because of bleacher report, but I was like, if this app cuts out when Eddie Kingston and Suzuki eventually are just chopping the shit out of each other, I'm going to be pissed. It did not cut out for that part. Otherwise I would have demanded a refund. Um, but Suzuki and Eddie just beating the ever-living hell out of each other and loving it uh, <laughs> was such a, a fun spot. I also thought Guevara looked great in this. Uh, mm-hmm. It was nice to see him doing what he does best because we've seen him doing so much of what he doesn't do best of late over the past few months, so this was really good. I'll save the rest of my comments uh, because I did not like how this pay-per-view ended. I felt like this match should have gone on later. The shenanigans that happened at the end of the show could have been pulled forward from the match with Moxley and Tanahashi. Um, But as far as what they presented to us, I I thought this was great. It was a fun way to open up the show, for sure. Multi-man matches that are this high quality and violent, you can't really go wrong with. So I thought this was a blast. But Eddie Kingston Patna, he's my guy. And him and Suzuki... Chopping each other stole the show from me. <laughs> Don't worry, Kate. We'll talk about Eddie Kingston later. You know, Kate, I'm going to stop here. Just let you know, I was with somebody in my group who does not favor Eddie Kingston. I believe the quote that he yelled, he or she, you were they, I can't, so uh, no, 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 I can't speak for their gender fluidity. Um, but um, I believe the quote was, Eddie, you're a bum, go home. Was it a certain magic man? No, mm, no. Okay, well, I'm going to have to stab your friend then. With that a pen. It. Kate's like, well, I've got two people. So it's now you've got to stab two people. Uh, I'm, you know what? If Eddie Kingston can set two people on fire with gasoline or attempt to, I, that, I can at least do that in his okay. honor. I just want so. you to know. I did not agree. I You better not have, otherwise I'm quitting. No, I enjoy Eddie. <laughs> Wait, I do agree. Oh, rude. <laughs> I show up for your birthday. Nobody else does, all right? Yeah, good point, Schlong. <gasps> Caitlin. Oh, hi, Kate. Moving on in the card for Forbidden Door, we went to the All-Atlantic Championship four-way. Pac, Miro, Malachi Black, and Clark Connors fill in for uh, Yoshi. Wait, I don't remember. Ishii, that's right. Sorry. Um, And Pac wound up defeating uh, everybody uh, to be the inaugural uh, uh, All-Atlantic Champion. Um, man, I got to say this very low expectations for Clark Connors. He was great, bumped like a motherfucker for everybody and got in some good offense. You really felt like 
towards certain parts of this, you're like, oh my God, is Clark Connors really going to pull this one out? Um, he did not, but I will say this, uh, the whole ending I thought was fantastic. We all had this going one way and they swerved, I think every fucking buddy on the planet. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, Malachi black spitting the mist into Miro's face, uh, while he had Connors in the game over, uh, was fantastic. Pac hit the four fifty. Uh, so man, it was a fantastic, uh, a fantastic match. If you did get cut out for this one, Kate, go back and watch the whole thing. Now I'll say this. Okay. Shlong, I'll get to you in one second. I'll say this just so you guys know, I haven't gone back and watched it on TV, so I don't know what they were talking about or, you know, like commentary or I haven't seen any other angles of everything. So like, I don't know how this played on TV, but I can tell you. Live in the room, this match went over like crazy. Okay, so two things. One, you have no idea actually how hard it is to put that sound in a spot and try to properly time it because it's tough because I don't want to cut you off, but I don't want you to move on. Like I want to point out that I'm in there. But second of all, one, I did miss most of this, and it was sad because of the issues with Bleacher Report. And I thought they fixed here, but clearly I was wrong because I can distinctly remember missing seeing Dax come back. So my issues must have carried on a little longer. However, it says something to AEW strength that Pac has been kept strong enough that him winning this title, while it's a huge swerve, didn't feel wrong. Like you want like they've done a good job of keeping guys like him and you know strong so that even if they take losses you don't think they look weak and you think they always present them as killers and tough guys so when they swerve and give him the title you're like okay that makes sense like you don't go this guy doesn't deserve it he's like no he does and it's actually the advantage of having a tournament to get to the title because he's had to have wins to get in there so you see him on a winning streak rather than just a, a number one out of nowhere so i really that was really just my comment that he it was a complete swerve, but it was a good type. It wasn't like, oh man, they, they swerved us and all of a sudden, you know, uh Serpensico is winning the belt. And you're like, wait a minute. That that yeah. just doesn't add up. I mean, I love Serpensico, but he's not winning a title. So like keeping their guys strong, it's a strength. Poor poor Serpentico. We'll talk about Serpentico a little bit later. But yeah, I mean, um, Listen, I just hope this means we'll see more of Pac on TV. Um, you know, I, I don't know if they've really said what's going to happen with this title, you know, um, but he's got a belt now, right? So he's going to have to defend it. Um, so we'll see how they this plays out. But listen, in my opinion, nobody, I mean, anybody in that match could have held this title. I mean, Clark Connors, let's be serious. But, you know, Pac, Malachi Black, Miro, any one of those guys uh, deserved it, but Pac certainly, uh, I think out of the other two, maybe a little bit more. Uh, he's a day one guy with the company, you know, um, he's had to deal with the COVID stuff and being stuck in the UK. I mean, it's just, he, in my opinion, he deserves it. You know, Mike Peterson says Pac wasn't the guy I was expecting to win, but I was pretty happy when he did. I think that's how everybody in the room felt. You know, I think everybody thought Miro was taking it. And when everything unfolded, it was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like Pac is going to take this. 
and it was great. I just thought it was awesome. Yeah, this was about as well put together of a match as you could have had, especially under the circumstances. I had no idea who the hell Clark Connors was. He was so impressive and was worked into this match just perfectly. He was so high energy. He came in like a wrecking ball at certain points. To your point, he sold us a ticket. Like a wrecking ball. Thanks, Kate. I did. She knew what she was doing. And that played in my head as I said it, but I was just hoping. I'm sorry. I manifested that for all of us. Um, But he was fantastic. And I. I mean, it seems like we're headed toward Miro versus House of Black, too, which like, holy crap. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't really see a path where Miro didn't have this title because how does the Redeemer character work if he's not constantly chasing gold, right? Um, Having the Redeemer guy against this kind of pseudo-satanic sort of supernatural-ish, but not really in a like weird cheesy way thing. it's just a home run. And I want to see all of those matches. I want to see Miro and Brody. I want to see Miro and Buddy. I want to see Miro and Malachi, obviously. So that getting set up, his whole head being swallowed and missed was so fantastic. And I loved that we saw Pack like genuinely smile at the end. He's the bastard Pack, but there was a moment, but this is worth going back and checking out. And like mm-hmm. when that crowd erupted, when you guys went so crazy for him. He just had a smile on his face, like, I think kind of like a finally moment because, like, he's been great in AEW, but between COVID and injury and travel, it's been a lot of up and down, right? Um, Yep. And obviously he came over from WWE where his path was super truncated. So um, it it felt like a very sincere moment after the match match. And this does seem like a travel that might be a title that might be traveling. It could go to Japan. It could go to the UK. He could defend it in other places if he wanted to. So to strap it to that guy who not only is based in the UK and works in America and can work in Japan, but a guy who's so versatile and can handle any ring style. If this is going to be a traveling title, what a perfect guy to put it on because he just has great matches with so many different people. So I think it's a, a fantastic call. I feel like the stories that unfolded in this, I don't, as far as like a four way goes, where do you get a situation where everybody wins? Like that's really, really, really hard to do. So I thought this was an incredible match, both from what unfolded and the ring in the ring and from what it ultimately accomplished. Like, come on mirror versus house of black all day. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. I will also say this in the pre-show they did a, um, they did a little like interview with Clark Connors and in that moment. And I'll say to you two, uh, maybe go back and watch it on the, the buy-in in that moment. I turned to Joe Walsh and I was like, Clark Connors is the love child of hangman, Adam page and Owen Hart. Okay. I saw a lot of the hangman comparisons. Uh, and Owen, okay. Take a look at him again. He looks and sounds a little bit like Owen Hart. Like it's Owen. it was creepy. Interesting. It is, was creepy. Do you think he should be accompanied by someone who is reminiscent of Coco Beware and Frankie? No. no. I was waiting for the Frankie remark. I mean, always with the goddamn Frankie Schlong. She thought there was a real place that Frankie's buried. It is an online 
memorial. Yeah, because he died in a house fire. Otherwise, there would be. Okay. And otherwise, yeah, okay. your next road trip would be planned. Oh, my God. If there was a physical resting spot for Frankie the Macaw and you said, we're taking a trip, I'd be like, okay, let's do this. Yeah, we would get in the car and go visit Frankie the Macaw because Coco's bird deserves better. And what Matt would have you believe, which is not true, is that there were like seven different macaws. Just like Jake the Snake had like a hundred different snakes. Do you know how many versions of that bird there were? That's not true. That was Coco's bird and he loved him. And rest in peace, Frankie the Macaw. If you had and, a real And where are you getting your information from? The internet, which is never wrong. Any specific place on the any uh internet? I don't know any bookmarkets. Yes, you did. I mean probably, but like on a different like a different time. That was a year ago. That was a different computer. I mean, if it was Wikipedia, it makes sense because Wikipedia is the best thing ever. Anyone no, in the world can like write anything they want about any subject. It was like in a newspaper. Frankie the Macaw death. <laughs> oh boy. All right, moving it. on. I can't I can't do another six hours on Frankie the Macaw. Yes, you That's, can. That's back in the archives. That's like day one shit for us. Frankie perished in the fire. Findagrave.com. This is why I thought it was real. That's why she thought it was real. Coco beware. It's also on Reddit, which as we know, is always correct. Well, Poor Frankie. Moving on. Sting Darby There's a YouTube video where Coco's talking about it. Oh, no. Are we? I mean, we talk about the are we good on? Are we okay. good on? Uh, are we good on Frankie the Macaw? No, it's sad, but we can move along. Okay. Sting Darby Allen and Shingo Takagi against Young Bucks and El Phantasmo. Schlong, were you going to? Uh, I'm doubting. Can Macaws talk? Yes. Yeah, no, Do you want to? You want to hear something really sad, Kate? No. You sure? Was it yes. Frankie the Macaw's last words? Yes. Okay. It was let me out, let me out. <laughs> the neighbor thought it was a kid. Oh no. Oh no. Okay, get let's get back to this pay-per-view because this is gonna be an eight-hour show. Um Sting Darby Allen and Shingo Takagi against the Young Bucks and El Phantasmo. For some reason, going into this match, I thought Hikuleo was going to be the partner, but it was El Phantasmo. And I thought El Phantasmo was perfect in this match. The big you news he was El Fantastic. I thought the biggest thing here, um, when Sting's music hit and he didn't come out, and then they showed him, they showed, I'm sorry, uh, Ryan, you know, they showed fake Sting up in the rafters. I believe he was still Jeff there. Farmer. I believe he was still there from WCW because I think he had the duster on up there. But um, I will tell you this. So they, they flashed him up in the rafters. Those rafters were very fucking high. And then in that moment, I swear I grabbed Joe Walsh sitting next to me and I said, oh, God, don't let no, like, please. I thought he was going to either be, uh, you know, dropped down to the ring or like, uh, you know, 
zip line to the ring. And I was like, please don't let Sting do this. No, it's okay. They was flashed back to the uh, ramp and he just dove off of the top of the ramp or the top of the tunnel onto uh, the bad guys there. So thank God they didn't let uh, old man. What would have been really funny is if they showed Sting up there in the rafters and then they cut to a video of him just taking an elevator down. I mean, I would (laughs) have, I would have popped. That was funny. Um, but Sting and Darby and Shingo do wind up getting the win. We don't really have to go into much on this match. I thought it was a lot of fun. And again, like I said, I thought El Fantasma was a perfect fit for this match, for the type of match that it was. So the room uh, loved seeing Sting. Uh, Joe Walsh had never seen Sting, uh, I think, live. So his childhood was perfect on the night. Jericho and Sting both won. So he was good. Sting just flying like a parrot trying to get out of a house on fire. Let me out. Let me out. <laughs> Guys, we went to the Women's World Championship. Thunder Rosa uh, retaining against Tony Storm. Uh, this match was way more strong style than I thought it was going to be. Um, I will say this. This match seemed to be the down point in the room. A lot of people seem to go get drinks, go to the bathroom, which is a shame because Thunder Rose is your champion and Tony Storm is a great wrestler. Um, But again, for me, this sort of reinforced the fact that they're just not doing enough to make people care on TV. Good. Yes, Ryan. Sorry. Again, I was waiting. I thought you were done and I didn't want to. I agree. Um, I was going to say there was two. It had two problems in to me for the crowd in this pay per view. It was an amazing match. I'm not 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 knocking the match at all. Um, one was the build sucked because there was no real build, and two, it didn't. And this is something AEW couldn't really help with Stardom not being around. So I will. The first one they're 100 percent responsible for. This one I'm not going to blame them, which is it didn't fit the theme of the card. Like it was the only AEW versus AEW straight up and you kind of knew that thunder wasn't going to lose so i just think even though even if it had a good build i'm not sure that this was going to be a card where it got a lot of attention because it just didn't fit it like if it were Thun- i don't know who stardom's mm-hmm. champs are but if it was thunder versus stardom i think that would have gotten more attention because at least it's the theme well this I was will- just kind of like an odd yeah, I mean, I'll say this, Schlong. Tony Storm, excuse me, Tony Storm does have um, a history with stardom. So, so does Thunder Rosa. That's the tie-in, sure. But um, the other thing, too, in the media scrums, uh, TK had said that they couldn't get anybody to work from stardom. Either they were booked or they didn't have visas. Now, is that bullshit? I think it's sort of bullshit. No, women's visas are so different than men's visas, even though they have the same holding company. Well, I will say stardom was running an event. It's totally different now, Kate. In a post Roe v. Wade world, it's totally different. That's true. I will say stardom was running a pay-per-view or event or whatever that that same Mm -hmm. weekend, which probably limited the pool that he was trying to get, which might explain. Um, Again, that's the only one I'm, I'm... that's as much on New Japan as it is anyone for not having women within their own company. You could send one woman and they could make sure her visa was cleared just like they did all of the okay, men's but is visas that a, for but In fairness, is that, and I'm not, I don't, if, I mean, I'm going to answer an honest question. I don't care the answer because if you want to say, is that a Tony Khan issue or is that a New Japan issue? Yes. 
I mean, yes. it, it feels like a Tony Khan issue because they're the ones that are hosting the event, right? Okay, that's but fair. But I I'm just, not... I just think it's ludicrous that they own stardom, and you're saying that the women of this essentially same holding company, their visas couldn't come through, but the men's could. Like a bunch of the men's cut, and you couldn't find one woman from stardom. I don't think they wanted a woman from stardom, and that's fine. Um, this match was also very short, it could have been longer, much like Serena Deeb and Thunder Rosa. The build was medium. This was a better build than Serena, but it wasn't a great build. Um, and I thought the match was very good. I also just think this was the third match on the card, right? Or fourth match, like you're working a little bit uphill there. Um, cause this did feel like as much as I was entertained by a lot of the earlier matches, this did feel like the real show began in my opinion at like the tag title matches moving, moving forward. Um, but I thought the match was great. I think Tony Storm has looked really, really good since coming into AEW. I thought Thunder Rosa looked great. Her face paint was awesome. Um, I just wish they gave it more time and maybe put it somewhere else on the card. But to be honest, I didn't even notice that the crowd wasn't that into it because i feel like it was just a sprint so um mm -hmm. i didn't feel like the story was one that had to grab the crowd and and take them on some roller coaster this was just kind of like a collision and i thought it was great and really hard hitting this was a lot of fun you know kate you said tag team and um i went back because we i skipped right over it which is a shame because i wanted to specifically talk about this match the tag team was actually the second match of the night i apologized to everybody was it really? the second yeah match? it was the the Jer the jericho appreciation match and then the tag match then the all atlantic staying and the bucks and then the women's championship so let's just jump back really oh. quick because we have to talk about it. so that makes match. sense now my why my technical difficulties occurred during the tag match and yes. fixing during the four man makes yeah. sense sorry guys i meant to talk about it and i just went forward so oh um rude just can't the, believe it i apologize uh the winner take all for the ring of honor uh world tag team championships and the iwgp tag team championships uh, FTR versus United Empire and Rapongi Rapongi Vice. Um, what a goddamn match! Um, so something that we obviously didn't know in the room, which is I think why I was texting you guys saying what the fuck is happening. We saw Dax go out, um, and you know, we weren't sure what was going on because he was, we saw him get taken to the back and then cash fucking carried them like a fucking pro. Uh, I mean, God, he just worked so hard after that. And then eventually Dax does come back. FTR does wind up winning. Uh, so they now are seven star FTR, um, carrying almost all of the belts. I think they're going to get one more. I hope they do. At least. Um, so uh ring of honor tag team champs iwb uh, iwgp tag team champs triple a tag team champs ftr uh dax does come back at the end all taped up so what i had said to you guys was are they saying anything like is this a work like what is going on uh and i think it was sort of unclear as to what was going on and then um he you know he left and came back and i think it sort of fuels the 
the story of how great FTR, you know, is right. Um, now I think what they had said was that he had separated his shoulder and they got it back in and they taped him up and he went back out because he looked okay when he came back. Like he didn't look like he was working hurt. Now I'm sure he was hurt if that is true, but what a, what a match, like the story that that told whether they meant to or not just was fantastic. It adds to the legend, you know, the, the, the legend that is FTR. I thought this match was, awesome i thought this match was great i think uh cash wheeler did a phenomenal job because from where i was sitting it felt very much on the fly like i think the way it read to me at home was that dax harwood probably has a shoulder injury that sometimes happens where his shoulder falls out and they have to pop it back in and it's not fun to work with but it's workable and so it was something he was familiar with and Cash Wheeler said, all right, well, now the story of this is I'm going to do my damnedest to not tag out to Trent because this is an FTR thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just worked his ass up to the point where, t- to me, the story read as, oh, God, I just have no choice but to tag in Trent at this point, who looked great. But I felt like Cash Wheeler changed that story on the fly a little bit and it read perfectly. Like I thought it was so good. It does, like you're saying, speak to the legend of FTR a lot. Um, and I just I I think we focus so much on how great Dax is and he deserves it. But sometimes Cash gets a little bit lost in that conversation and he's just a fucking fantastic wrestler, too. Absolutely loved this match. It was a ton of fun. Um everybody just like it, I, I feel like nobody is better at speaking the language of tag team wrestling than FTR. Like they're just so damn good. Shlong, I do want to go to you, but I, I just want to also throw this out there because I haven't said it. And I feel like I should. Everybody in this match was great. Yes. Uh, United empire, you know, Jeff Cobb and great O'Conn were fantastic. Rapongi Vice was fantastic. FTR. I mean, this was a perfect three-way, you know, uh, tag team match. And I don't generally like the three-way tag team matches. And I think going into this, we thought that this was at least us sitting there. I think for some reason we thought that they were, uh, it was a tornado style tag match. So when they started it as, you know, a regular three-way, we were kind of like, oh, okay, like this is how it's going to go. So I just felt like I needed to explicitly say that, like everybody in this match, in my opinion, was top-notch. Schlong, your thoughts? So couple, like I'm torn on the was it a work, was it, I mean, he says he popped out a pop back in. I don't want to ever accuse anyone. Well, see, the problem with wrestling is they're lying as part of their job. So like, it's not like I want to be like, I don't know how a shoulder is. I had a friend who had that and he did seem to be able to do things after he got it back in. I know with like a knee, like a kneecap, if it goes out, when you pop it back in, there's so much, you can probably do stuff, but there's so much swelling and stuff that it, it really physically limits, limits you. And he didn't look limited at all. I want it to be real though, because it means that cash did come up with that story on the fly because it was such a well-told story. But part of me goes, they didn't make a tornado. And that was such a good story. How could you make that up? Like, it seems like, but I'm going to believe, like, I'm going to be that little kid believing in Santa 
that it that it was real and he made that up on the fly because that was just some of the best tag in ring storytelling I've seen in a while. And in the same what Kay was saying with that whole like I don't want to tag out, but I have no choice. If I don't tag out, I'm gonna lose. The only reason that I have any even hint of confidence that I think it was real was because the microphones, which this is not AEW strong suit, were picking up people that would not in kayfabe be checking in on him so much. Like there were camera guys making sure he was all right and stuff. Like it was a lot of the floor crew checking in, which he could have been working them too, for all we know. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was really wincing. And um, because those injuries are something that feel familiar, I could see them being able to change the story on the fly, but either way, um, to, to Ant's point, everybody in this was picture perfect. And by the way, that tour of the islands finisher that Jeff Cobbs does is one of the coolest finishers awesome. uh, in all of wrestling and especially for big guys. Like, I think that's cooler than the F5. I think, <laughs> like, I love, 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 love that finisher. But this was as, as good of a tag match as you'll ever see. I love Jeff Cobb as a wrestler, and I wish that people got to see more of him on U.S. television because he's such a great wrestler in my opinion uh but yeah this was this was one of my matches of the night mike peterson says this was my match of the night hard to argue mike um it's up there um but we're gonna jump back to the timeline and this brings us to the iwgp united states heavyweight championship um which was osprey against orange cassidy in my opinion this was the match of the night. Now, it's very hard. To, again, there were a lot of good matches on this card. That tag match was fantastic. It's very possible to go one, two with either one of these, you know. But this match for people who thought Orange Cassidy is nothing but a gimmick and can't wrestle, there should be no fucking, you know, there should be no way you think that anymore. I mean, you can't just get away with hanging like in a comedy gimmick with Will Ospreay. You got to be able to wrestle. And TK put Orange Cassidy in this match to show you the confidence that they have in him and that he can hang. And for the love of God, the, this match showed everything. I mean, Osprey retained, which I don't think anybody thought Cassidy was going to win this belt. And, you know, Juice Robinson was there and there was a or, or uh, sorry, Juice wasn't there for this one. Sorry, I'm getting out of order here. But this um, this was a fantastic match. Osprey looked great. Cassidy looked great. I'll say this. When this match was over, uh, Joe Walsh uh, stood up and said, I think I'm going home. I You can't do better than this. Like and he walked down he went to like get a drink or go to the bathroom but we legitimately for a minute was like he left like he's really <laughs> gone like that's the end um what a what a fantastic match i mean it's you know it was great after the match osprey and aussie open um or uh tried to uh you know get to cassidy Rapongi vice made the save uh and then we get the big surprise in the night and shibata arrived to um basically kick ass showdown with osprey and then uh cassidy put his glasses on him and posed with the thumbs up so huge huge things happening here with shibata coming back 
um, the crowd lost it for that. Like what an amazing, you know, match and after, uh, uh, after, you know, kind of effects of this match. Um, did it play well on TV guys when Shibata came out? Cause it was fucking loud in the room. Yes. Sorry. I have to honor orange Cassidy. Um, <laughs> I like, I knew who Shibata was cause I've been, we've been messing with Matt, but you wouldn't have to know who he was to know that was a big deal. Like that was some, they did a really good job of like when it came out, the wrestlers just selling it commentary being like, holy shit. Having, um, what is it? Uh, blanking on his name. Kevin Kelly. Yeah, having Kevin Kelly on commentary was such a smart move. Um, but even still, like uh, Excalibur, Taz, like they are so good anyway, and they know who everyone is. But I just want to say, as an as an Orange Cassidy mark, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Orange Cassidy. This is what I always say that people forget he can go at the highest level. He understood that because of his size, he couldn't just be a straight wrestler. Like it would struggle. So he he got a gimmick that works perfectly. And when you ha- when he wrestles guys who understand it, it's so much better. And to Osprey's credit, Osprey understood it. He always looked angry. He always looked pissed off. He was felt like he was getting insulted. And that's the whole gimmick, is that everyone if it, that you know when he did that uh, like a uh, Superman style pose against Osprey. Like, it was just so good. This is why they put Orange Cassidy in a feud against Jericho and had him win. This is why they put him in a title match. Like, this is the stuff he can do. Um, I think people sometimes forget because it's it, his biggest issue is it seems to be spread out. Like, his big matches seem to be spread out. You know, he had Pac, and then it was a while, and then he had Jericho, and then it was a while, and then he had his title match, and then it was a while. And it's like, if they gave him a bit more building on feuds, I think people would remember, oh, yeah, he's very, very good. I think I agree with everything you guys have said. I don't want to underestimate how great Kevin Kelly was, and I don't want to underestimate how nice it was, and I hate to say it, but not hearing JR try and pronounce Japanese wrestlers' names for like six hours. It was refreshing to not have him on commentary. I thought bringing him out for special matches, which they seem to be leaning more into, which we'll get into about tonight as well, Um I feel like that's a great direction to go with JR because it makes those matches feel important too. So uh, that is fantastic. This was my match of the night. I thought it was a ton of fun. The only criticism that's out there that I usually agree with with Orange Cassidy is that it can get a little formulaic. It's a little bit, I got under your skin with my gimmick um, and now I turn on the gas, right? But like this match was so different than that. This was him leaning into that at opportune moments and weaving his antics in rather than like antics up front. Turns out I can go pretty cool. And Osprey just treating him like a fly that he couldn't swat out of the air. Like I um I always use the comparison of the the angels had a leadoff hitter named David Eckstein, and he would just foul off like 17 pitches and he would never go away. And that's like there's some wrestlers that give me that vibe. Um, but I just, I thought this was a fantastic match. I also don't want to underestimate how much of a perfect foil Will Ospreay was in this match. He's so skilled in the ring. He's a great heel. And he was just, he was there with Orange Cassidy the whole way. Like he was exactly as annoyed as he should have been the entire match. And then the sunglasses on Shibata after, for anybody who's listening that doesn't know, Shibata is a New Japan legend who 
had to retire because of a brain bleed and returned at the past Wrestle Kingdom where he was supposed to work a light match, went into business for himself and worked pretty much a regular match. Um, and uh, and yeah, he came out and was wearing Orange Cassidy sunglasses. How do you not love pro wrestling? Like, what a blast. So this was my match of the night. I thought it was great. And I think it was also very smart to have this match with Orange Cassidy coming off injury too. I think it's really important to capitalize on the momentum that comes from that. Absolutely. I mean, everything here was perfect. And then when you think it's got to slow down, they go to Zack Sabre Jr. versus the mystery opponent, which everybody had a lot of thoughts. And even day of, everybody out there is working. You know, the Twitters and all them them things, you know. Uh, Gargano. Johnny Gargano <laughs> and... Um, uh, uh, Jonathan Gresham, you know, everybody's working it and, uh, it winds up being Claudio Castagnoli, um, which is just, I think a fantastic signing for the company. Um, he's going to do a lot. He fits in perfect with the Blackpool combat club. And I think that, um, that this match actually played out perfectly the way that, Claudio came in and immediately hits, um, you know, a neutralizer, a European uppercut and the neutralizer for a quick pin that got kicked out of was the best way to start this match. You are just building on all of the energy that just happened and then things slow down a little bit and the fans, you know, kind of cool off and then they built it back up at the right time, right at the end. The fan wanted the swing. Eventually we get the swing. He tried it like twice. Wouldn't happen. Then we get it for, for a little bit. So I thought that this match was actually at first where I was like, how are they putting their, like it's going to die. It was perfect. They started hot, cooled off and then built it back up at the end. Uh, Claudio did win. Um, I don't think that hurts Zack Sabre Jr. And Claudio can't lose his pay-per-view debut. So I thought that this was a fun match, a great lead into, um, you know, build excitement for Blood and Guts, which we'll talk about, I promise you. Uh, and yeah, I didn't have a problem with anything here. I, I At first I was like, oh my God, this is going to kill this. But it actually wound up for me playing really well. And, um, you know, the crowd was hot for it. So. Yes, long. Um, I just want to. Well, one, I, I'm with you 100 on the way they did the match. I w- actually did believe they were going to have him win in like 10 seconds, and, be, and I was kind of like, "How can you do this to Zack Saber Jr.?" Like, I felt like that was only wrong. Um, I do want to better. I do want to say this, and then I'll let you go back. But I literally at that moment was like, "Oh my god, this is it!" And if it happened, it would have been sort of amazing but you know they couldn't do that because you had built Zack Sabre Jr. showing up so much that you can't just do a quick in and out squash like that but if it did happen Schlong that room would have exploded I guarantee you you and they're not in the same company like you can't you can't go back and pay that off at a later time that that Kate just beat me to it like you can do that to an AEW guy you can't do that to a New Japan because now all of a sudden but um, but actually, to me, it makes Zack Sabre Jr. look made him look good, because like he was shocked, he almost lost in the beginning, and he recovered, and he ended up losing. But like he 
reformulated a plan almost yeah. on the fly. Like if I'm, if there's, you know, and I think he's good enough to tell this story, you know, verbally and all that, that he can go out and be like, yeah, I lost, but like, I didn't know who I was facing. I built my plan on the fly and still almost won. Like, and, that's... and I think it sort of gets lost a little bit how good Zack Sabre Jr. actually looked in this match. Like, I think everybody talks about the great surprise and Claudio and he gets the win and the hot start, but to your point, Schlong, Zack Sabre Jr. wrestled a really good match. And he wrestled a guy who wrestles completely different than Danielson. So, yeah. again, something he can sell and be like, I trained for Danielson. I was mentally prepared. For, and I knew he wasn't going to be there, but I assumed his opponent, his replacement would be like him. And, no, you got someone who's all strength. Fuck you, Kate. And, opponent, yeah. No, I was agreeing uh, with you. It was a completely uh, different uh, opponent. Uh-huh. It was you. a different opponent. The opponent uh, matters. The opponent does matter. Thank you, Ian. Go home. Sunday, right to the moon. Um, <laughs> to the moon. I'll just add that uh, this match, I was so excited for Claudio. And when I watched this match, I was like, I need to seek out more Zack Sabre Jr. matches because I actually thought that like he was kind of the star here. I loved the story that they snapped together of him not letting uh claudio get the swing on like that was so perfect that's the huge thing that the crowd wants to see the heel's not gonna let him do that thought that was so much fun um that sharpshooter or scorpion deathlock into the heel hook sequence was insane and the european clutch that he put on claudio was fantastic but i just was so impressed that they were able to tell a really fun story when the crux of the story was that he didn't know who was coming out and he was like i'm still not gonna let this guy get the swing on like that's pretty damn good professional wrestling in my estimation but um new zack saber jr was great loved him in the cruiserweight classic stuff they did in nxt but like this i was like thanks for the reminder of how good this guy is because i definitely want to seek out more of those was so excited it was claudio i also loved him posing with the cameraman that everybody thought was him i don't know if you knew that and but he like took a moment to pause with the guy that was like sort of built like him that people were like, did Claudio already make his debut? Um, so that was a, a fun little moment to to have there too. But the the perfect two, fit for Blackpool Combat Club and Blood and Guts. Yeah, two quick follow-ups on that as well. One, his his uh, theme is awesome. His music is great. Yes. And two, well, actually three things. Two, I prefer him in like the long pants dealy that he has versus the trunks that he used to wear. I just think he looks better. And the third and final thing was, I know like people talk about, oh, AEW keeps signing people. The injuries are why you have to go out and sign these people because you're never sure who, who's going to go down. And so you either could be in a position where you have no one worth wrestling or you have a full roster that at times is going to feel bloated, but often half of them are going to be out for one reason or another and you just have to rotate and they're finally getting good at that. So not good, but like because I fucking hate you guys. And uh what? You have to rotate talent. You do have to rotate, especially with Ring of Honor coming up. They're going to have to rotate between um, rosters. Well, I, I, I want to know what they're doing with that. They got to make, hopefully, they settle the TV and we'll, we'll talk about Ring of Honor. It's like water right now, you know? We got to lock it like in. Water. Yeah. I'm um, so lucky I cannot punch through a screen. Uh, oh, fuck. I had a point here. Oh, um, Shlong, you probably will have an argument with somebody in my house about the tights versus the long shorts. Just saying. For, for Cesaro or Claudio? Yeah. Yes. Uh, see, I, 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 I'm not a big trunks guy. 
Well, there are some women in my house who don't mind seeing yeah. someone with Claudio's physique and less clothing than more clothing. There are some people that feel that way. Don't get me wrong. I understand the visual appeal. There. I'm talking as like a wrestling attire. Like I always thought like Trunks made weird wrestling attire because yes, you need tight clothing because it you need, but like you're always a half a centimeter away from revealing a hell of a lot of yourself. Again, some people don't mind. Yeah. That. Yeah. Also, because I don't want to forget great sign on dynamite tonight. Uh, and it was very clear when they were on. Well, when they were in blood and guts, it was uh Claudio has sausage nips. <laughs> what a great sign. Also, uh, I was I was told and I I saw it in the crowd after after it was pointed out to me. Um, I received a text about a great sign during the pay-per-view that said get well soon. And then it was a whole list of all the injured wrestlers <laughs> on the roster. I, I heard that, that too. Fantastic. Anyway, let's move on. We're almost at the end of this card. Um the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship four-way, and this is something we need to talk about. Jay White retained against Okada, Hangman Page, and Adam Cole. So let's just sort of get to the end here. Um, the Switchblade wins by pinning Adam Cole. Um, Adam Cole, in an exchange with Okada, had his head fucking knocked off. And... Um, Jay White gets the pin on Cole. Now, listen, from a storyline perspective, I think this is fantastic because this is going to play out um, where the story is, you know, Jay White wasn't going to face his his buddy because he wasn't up to par. And now he's able to get the pin on him. But clearly, Adam Cole was fucking out. Um, and it looked like he tried to kick out, but he couldn't get out. And looks like Jay White kind of held him down. <laughs> Um, in my opinion, on the replay that we saw on the screens there, it became apparent afterwards that maybe this match ended sooner, like it was going to end this way. But Jay White took him home because he noticed something was up here. Um, also, something that I feel about this match, and I feel like a lot of people feel this way, is like Okada barely showed up and it's not his fault. I think it's just a crowded, uh, in my opinion, it's a crowded match, right? Like Okada really didn't seem to do that much that made a difference in this match besides knock Cole's head off. Um, and I think one of the shining stars of this match was Hangman Adam Page. I mean, he really worked his ass off. So this whole thing felt clunky. I, I, I was texting you guys during this. Um, the feeling in the arena was confusion. People were booing, but I think it was at the fact that it was Jay White winning, not at kind of the way things played out. But it was definitely, you can tell there was a lot of confusion sort of happening in the room at that moment. Um, so it just seemed weird. After the match, too, the Bucks and Kyle O'Reilly uh, come down. They pass White on the ramp. Um, they have some words with White. You know, uh, Switchblade ignores them. And then Cole was getting medical attention. The Bucks kind of stared down Hangman Adam Page and O'Reilly called them to focus on Cole. So it's, it was just a little confusing live there. Now, again, I have to go back and watch it to see what they were doing on TV. But, you know, do I hate the way this ended? Like the story 
No, but it was definitely to me a rushed and confusing finish when you're there live with no context. Blah, blah. This fucking guy. Like, because I'm not gobbling like a turkey. I can never go first. Go ahead. Go ahead, Ryan. You go first. I just wanted to say that I had a comment. That was all it was. No, no, no. Go ahead, Pumpkin Patch. You just go right ahead. I'll go back in the kitchen like I'm supposed to. Hold on, guys. I'm going to just do this for a second. So that's what I thought. She you doesn't know? realize her mic was unmuted and we could just mount it. Oh, man. I was pulling a mat for Monday man. night. I'm just going to duck out and let you guys go ahead. I was honestly just going to say that it was a, a rushed and confusing ending at home. The, what too. I was going to say about this. <laughs> what happened upon a second look was that I think Okada, to your point, I think he was going to move into a big offensive sequence here and that it got cut short because it looked like, and credit to my my post-show host at Fightful for this because he knew the exact sequence they were trying to lay out that they did not get to. And then I was like, oh yeah, uh, Okada drop kicks aren't like cute. They're, <laughs> they're very, very violent. And Adam Cole took a really big one to the head. Um, and then when he went to get that landslide, uh, Adam Cole was like, nope, we're ducking out of the way of this. And then usually what Okada would do is go and put his finisher on there. And then Jay White would have maybe been sneaky and come in at that point. Or I think Okada was going to get more offense in just in general. Um, like someone would come break up that pin and we would see more from Okada. Uh, but that's, that is not at all what happened. The dropkick concussed Cole. He got out of the way. Um, and they went home. So it's a shame. I agree with you that Hangman was absolutely the star of this match. It was really fun to see him that way. If you ask Matt when he bothers to show up, um, he will tell you that like fatal four ways are not new Japan's strength in general. So, um, it wasn't like as surprising to him, but the, this match did fall flat for me. I again had more issues with Bleacher Report at this point. So it was hard to discern what was frustrating, but that finish really kind of like put a damper on things. And I think messed with not only the ending of the match, but like what was going to proceed after that. I think you were going to see Okada get, get his licks in there. I will say this. Uh, Joe Walsh said that he feels Jay White MVP of the night, keeping Cole safe. Uh, he also said he hated it live, but thinking about it after the fact totally made sense. And yeah, you know, like they're live. I can tell you, the end of that match was confusing for everybody there live. And to your point, Kate, I think it certainly affected the start of the next match, which was the championship. We'll get there uh, in a moment, but it just certainly seemed to suck the air out of the room. The other thing that sucked the air out of the room during the main event was there was a fight in the crowd and that video made its way around. Uh, I think TMZ sports had it, uh, but a bunch of people, there was a fight in the crowd and then security, started to take them out and the guy got loose and started to fight with security. Um, so that sort of affected everything for the main event. But I know that for a portion of the start of the main event, I was even on the phone trying to figure out what the fuck happened during the prior match. So I know if I was, other people were certainly doing the same thing and preoccupied with a fight 
In yeah, you're a trendsetter. So if you're going to do something, everybody else is going to. Well, I'm setting the trend. Thank you. Uh, other people are following. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing. Uh, So we did get the interim uh, world championship, Moxley and Hiroshi Tanahashi. Uh, Moxley defeats Tanahashi to win the title. Um, I think that that's the the way it needed to go. Uh, You know, I think if they did want to give it to Tanahashi, it's a harder story to sell and not have your belt on television, you know, week after week. Um, so I think it's the right move. I didn't have a problem with it afterwards though, the melee that ensued with the groups for blood and guts, um, that was, you know, what was a little confusing going home on a pay-per-view like you would on television was certainly not the way I would have gone. However, in retrospect, I feel like they were filling a lot of time because the prior match was probably supposed to go a little bit longer and maybe something was supposed to happen after that. So, I mean, um, God forbid we don't have a 47, eight hour AEW pay-per-view and we just leave time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. I think you took another moment to get Claudio on TV, right. Um, you know, do the swing and all that kind of stuff, you know, but it certainly, I would have liked to see, um, you know, uh, just Moxley and Tanahashi in the ring or even a moment where Tony Khan and the New Japan, you know, brass come down and maybe everybody's in the ring kind of like, you know, we did it, you know, uh, and kind of a celebration of all sides. You know, not the way they went. It is what it is at this point we led into tonight. But I thought that this match was uh, really good, and it showed you why Tanahashi's the ace, right? Because he's just going to put on a quality match. Now, is he the same guy he was 10, 20 years ago? No, no. that guy had knees. That's right. <laughs> this but, guy does not have knees anymore. <laughs> but he can still go. And the fact that Moxley can go with him at the level that Tanahashi can go, and maybe not you know, Moxley doesn't kick it up another gear, you know, I think that speaks as well as to what a great in-ring wrestler, you know, Moxley is. I did also, uh, to get your guys' take on it, I'd also like your thoughts on the blood because it seemed like a lot of people had issue with the blood. Um, I didn't have a problem with it, um, but a lot of people were like, how does him getting kicked in the face, you know, cut him open like that? Like, I, I get it, but you know, it is what it is. I, Go ahead, Schlong. I'm, so I obviously, sometimes you go and, and mock. You're like, sound. all right, you didn't dude. even make the fucking sound. You, you, last time I made it, I, no one wanted my attention. So yes, Kate, Kate, you did it. You made the Thank sound. Thank you. Hi. Yeah. Yes. So as I was saying, um, last she, time she can't even bring herself back in. That's the whole thing. She doesn't have that power. No, share your thoughts. Sometimes. We need them. <laughs> Take us down the road of this final match, Long. Perhaps the rabbit hole. Yeah, take us down the rabbit hole of this event. I sounded British. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I sounded like William Regal. You did. You left you left South Jersey Philly and right over to England. Um, the UK gal. <laughs> no, my point being is that 
you get kicked in the head, you can get cut just if there's something sharp on a boot or a lace or just any angle can cut you open. I mean, that's what that's the reason in like boxing fights and stuff. A lot of times, like bare knuckles worse than gloved because not only does it cut up the hurt the person's hand, obviously, but the knuckles, if they catch angles on your forehead, can just shred you. Yeah, I think afterwards they said they sort of butted heads and that's sort of what cut him open. They said he got it the hard way. I think he zipped himself, but I have to go back and watch it. Um, he zipped himself. Get, getting kicked to the head doesn't make you bleed like a stuck pig. <laughs> like It'll cut you open, but not like that. Yeah. Um, match was great. Felt a little flat, but I think to your point, that was a little bit to the sequence of events. Um, and I that no like particular spots to call out it was really good from bell to bell um i didn't need him to blade but they're gonna blade like it's an aw pay-per-view if they don't blade at least once some sort of quota is not being met and i i hated the the antics after you just went home this way on rampage you just went home this way on dynamite like the moment is you're crowning a new champion. The moment shouldn't be a go home to your AEW episode of television. And mm-hmm. I appreciate that they were setting up tension between Claudio and Eddie, but, um, but like Kate, your favorite phrase, gang wars, gang wars. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't need it. Three AEW TV events in a row. Like that was overkill. Um, and I also just didn't think blood and guts needed it at all. Um, it was already pretty well set up before this. It just felt like the, the go home thing should be Moxley winning the world title interim or not in front of a crowd, which he wasn't able to do. And that's, that's the moment. Like you're supposed to close with the title and the main event. Right. So I just felt like it was super unnecessary, but, um, I think they also wanted to give Claudio another another moment in front of that crowd which that i'll never argue with because that guy deserves it but i just especially after the match we saw tonight i was like they did not need that ending but well it was a fun pay-per-view it was a fun live experience and just something to clue you guys in on before the show started the buy-in or anything like that uh tk came out and did his are you guys ready for a fun night about it and um, he introduced negative one, uh, but he did not come out. And then when the show went off the air, uh, Tony Khan did come back out and did introduce negative one. He was there. He gave negative one a live mic and he said, you know, he sort of popped everybody in the ring. You know, he, he said, you know, let's give it up for Eddie Kingston and John Moxley and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then Mox took the mic and, um, you know, um, you know, talk to the crowd. He said, you know, you're so lucky to get to see a bunch of these, you know, Japanese legends in the ring. Uh, he made mention too. he's like, I think I'm concussed and blah, blah, blah. You know, he said it in the media scrum too. Uh, he's fine. Apparently he wrestled tonight. Uh, and it was just something he was saying, I guess, to be funny. Uh, but um, there wasn't really much else that happened, you know, no other antics. And then um, they also, um, you know, he gave Tanahashi his praise, you know, he, you know, bowed to him and, and they bowed to each other. And it was a nice moment would have been nice to be on television, but the crowd got it to go home. So 
a fun pay-per-view. It led into blood and guts, and we're going to discuss that. We are going to take a short break because some people probably need to pee, maybe want to stretch their legs. We need to let you guys know about some of the other shows on the Shining Wizards Network. We're not going to do the whole gimmick tonight, uh, Kate. I know you're like, wait a minute, what? But let's just do it. We're going to play some words. Literally the only reason I show up. I know. I'm sorry. We're going to play some words. Yes, we're take happy a minute. that we're not doing it anymore. <laughs> take a minute. Get a drink. Run to the bathroom. We'll be back in a moment here on the Mark Order podcast. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Because of the obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens, and because of the crisis which is even now developing, this radio station will remain on the air, day and night. This station and hundreds of other radio and TV stations throughout this part of the country are pooling their resources through an emergency network hookup to keep you informed of all developments. Horns up, everyone. When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure every Friday to check out Radioactive Metal. Radioactive Metal is one of the longest-running podcasts on the interweb, and every week we bring you a fistful of metal, including interviews with all your favorite artists, discuss all the metal news, and feature the best tunes on the air today. So grab a Lemmy, join your cool Uncle Snowy, and co-host Aaron in the pit. Your recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting from the current to the way back. Join the impact player Phil Rea and the Portuguese Man of War Choppy for the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Live every week on RantEMRadio.com. Get all our episodes over at iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Audio Boom, Google Play, ShiningWizardsNetwork.com, and TurnbuckleThrowbacks.com. Are you tired of being told what to think and believe by Hollywood elites and politicians who just don't care about you? Tired of not getting the truth when you watch the news? Tired of trying to figure out what pronoun to use? Tired of mob mentality when all you want to do is think for yourself and make up your own mind? That's where we come in. This is Justin. And Vince. Your host of Inconclusive Breakdown. We are a weekly anti-PC podcast bringing you entertainment and current event news without any spin. If you want to truly stay informed on what's going on in the world, then give us a listen every Sunday, anywhere you get podcasts, at least till Zuckerberg and Twitter Jack deplatform us. And as always, we're proud members of the Shining Wizards Network. Tired of the PC police telling you what you can and cannot say? Want a show that travels back to the 80s and 90s where the badass hosts have beaten down cancel culture on three separate occasions and carried on to gloat about it? Since 2013, The Midnight Journey is that show. Travel back to the malls and arcades, pop in your VHS, and join us where the 80s and 90s return from the dead. Conan, tell them where to find us. 
WLWstudios.com, home of the Midnight Jury podcast, hosted by Midnight Mike and Calvin Brody. Also available on all major podcast platforms via the Shining Wizards Network, and join in the conversation on Twitter at Midnight Jury. What's up, wrestling fans? You want something awesome? Check out Wrestling Night in Canada here on the Shining Wizards Network, where three Canadian metalheads uniting for the love of pro wrestling. Every episode, we go over all the latest news and special events with the odd, unique interview as well. So grab a cold one and check out Wrestling Night in Canada, eh? All right, we're back here on the mark order podcast and we're gonna move on but i do want to tell you be sure to follow at mark order pod on all of our social media twitter instagram facebook youtube tiktok uh if you want to see any of the photos from the road trip out to uh chicago uh certainly check out uh instagram and tiktok has some videos up um but more importantly, head there, hit the link tree, and uh, request some of these free Mark Order podcast stickers. All you got to do is click the button, give us your name, your mailing address, and the country you live in, and we'll send them out uh, pretty quickly. I do have to admit, I know there's somebody who sent their name and address. I got delayed last week with the travel and work and all that, so my apologies. Stickers are on the way. I don't remember who it was. But uh, stickers are coming. They'll be in the mail tomorrow. I'm usually. Do they even pay their four ninety nine shipping fee? Kate, stop with the fake news. I'm gonna call the PC police on you. Please Um, don't anything but that. I don't even know what pronoun to use. The pronoun. Schlong is muted, and he doesn't realize it. (laughs) That's fantastic. I didn't mute myself. Wow. Mm. Um, I didn't. I, I, I really I, didn't. I wish I had a soundboard because I wanted the Law and Order sound when she said the PC police are coming after me. So well, I, I wish I was a little bit taller. I, wish I, I was, was a baller. baller. Listen, Rob Humphrey, stickers are free, and Mike Peterson, no shipping fees. We'll send four ninety nine. It's stop it. They're I know. Free. Okay, I know. In the domestic United States, no worldwide. Worldwide. I will say this: we handed out some stickers. No, we handed out some stickers in uh, on Navy Pier. Met some a uh, lot of people out at Navy Pier before the pay per view, in the wrestling gear, going to the show. Handed out some stickers, so maybe some newbies checking us out. We love that. But listen, a lot of marks out there, and we're glad that you're part of the mark order if you are listening along. So get your free stickers. Marks. No, we are the ones who oh, keep okay, order. Okay. I get confused of the marks. Yeah. Guys, let's take a look at the rankings really quick because there are some updates to the graphics. As you can see, we have a quad box, folks. Quad box for the men's division, world champion CM Punk. Interim champ John Moxley, our all-Atlantic champ Pac and TNT champion Scorpio Sky. 
Number one, Wardlow, two, Hangman, Page, three, Jay Lethal, four, Lance Archer jumping up, and five, powerhouse, Will Hobbs. Uh, in the women's division, Thunder Rose is our champ. TBS champ is Jade Cargill. One, Nyla Rose. Two, Stat. Three, Tony Storm. Four, Deeb. And five, Britt Baker hanging around. And in the tag division, the Young Bucks, number one, uh, FTR. Two, Hobbs and Starks. Three, uh, Keith Lee and Swerve. Four, Reynolds and Silver. Interesting. And five, the Ass Boys. It's the ass boys, Billy Gas and the ass boys. Who could possibly give a shit? I don't understand the tag division, but here's one thing I do understand. FTR is number one. Let's get those AEW belts onto FTR. Yes, please. What about the ass boys? No, 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 no. Billy Gas and the ass boys. No, 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 no. We're not going to, we're not going to do that. No. All right, guys, let us talk about Blood and Guts edition of Dynamite. And this should be, believe it or not, quick, because one hour of the show was Blood and Guts. Correct. Uh, but it was a fun show overall. The first hour was good as well. Um, we lead off the night with Ethan Page versus Orange Cassidy, a match I don't think anybody thought they needed, but was very enjoyable to see. Um, Lambert did cut a promo um you know before this match and then um uh he did say that the best friends don't have valid managerial licenses to be at ringside and bryce remsburg does reluctantly throw them out before the match does start so it was nice to see yes sorry and really specific to what you were saying right there Mm -hmm. in his promo did he also come out pro election fraud conspiracy I'm going to be honest with you, Schlong. I missed the first part of his promo as I was coming back into the house with some sushi takeout. I'm pretty um, sure he said something like, we like to follow the, the, the rules unless it's on election. Oh, I don't know. He could be I could playing. Be wrong. I could have heard that completely wrong, but it just felt like, Jesus, of all the things you're going to try to use for heat. Yeah. Well, I guess it's a good one. I'll still one. take it over him calling Tay Conti a whore. So. Very true. Uh, but it was good seeing sexy Chucky T for a second. Yeah, it was. And they had great outfits. Absolutely. So does that mean, I guess, Rapongi Vice was really for Forbidden Door. Now that that's passed, we're going to go back to best friends. Uh, I don't know what Chucky T's story was. He hadn't been around for a while. I don't know if he was hurt or you know, or he was what? Injured for a little bit. Yeah. All right. So maybe he's now back uh, and they're going to start this up again. But um, the other news of the night is that uh, Orange Cassidy has new music now. He new has old music. That's right. Music. Whoa. Excuse me. Gates was drinking during the during the break. I was not, but I did have seltzer today. But that was like a hiccup and a burp at the same time. And it really hurt. <laughs> Kate's I actually see why I laughed because it wasn't a, so much as a burp. It's like your throat just sounded so like bad. something exploded. Schlong, that means Kate is a cartoon drunk and she hiccups when she's drunk. Is that's not a You dude. see Buster come in like one of those dogs with the keg around its neck. Yeah, like a St. Bernard in the Alps. Yeah. Yep. Um, nah, I'm fine. That's totally good. 
man. <laughs> Until then, let's talk about let's also, talk about guts of blood. Guys, I want to point something out that's happening in our chat that I'm actually very proud of mm -hmm. for them. So Asian Joe said, scissor me, Mikey P. Mike Peterson, scissor. Asian Joe, scissor. Aww. I'm actually pretty proud that they figured it's that out. Friendship. <laughs> our, uh, cha our chat bringing scissors together. Scissor me, daddy ass. Um, so Wait, Rob. <clears throat> what? Rob's Rob going to bed. bed. Oh. Uh, We're tucking him in. Yeah. Good night. Sweetheart. Go to good bed. night. Um, all right. Uh, so Ethan Page, Orange Cassidy, cutting to the end here. Uh, Orange Cassidy does win by pinfall. Uh, he hits the orange punch twice. And then after failing to hit a body slam a few times on Ethan Page during this match, he does hit it. That is technically his winning move. The body slam wins it for Orange Cassidy. Best friends come back out and they celebrate. We get a pose. So nice to see them. So, yes, Orange Cassidy is using Jane again by Jefferson Starship. Um, so I guess they did secure a hundred percent of the rights by tonight, which is nice. Uh, fun match guys. Um, and again, like something I didn't think I needed to see, but a lot of fun. And Ethan page just shows me, I want to see more Ethan page on television. Um, yes. So I actually like Dan Lambert making a decent point that two people are acting as managers without managerial licenses. That is like a good heel managerial thing to do. That was fun. I also loved Orange Cassidy just doing the muscles in this match. I got a huge kick out of that. Mm -hmm. um, and I actually surprisingly liked the orange juice distraction. That's not normally my shit, but I felt like that was really, really well done because uh, Ethan Page almost took out Lambert, which I thought was fun. And I... Felt like maybe they were heading toward the two of them splintering a little bit. Like if we're starting to sow seeds for that, I would be a very happy gal. But this match was a really, really fun opener. I actually saw these two at GCW like two and a half years ago, pre-pandemic. So over three years ago, I guess. Um, and Ethan Page was at Impact on the time and yelled at the audience and said, do you know who I am? I wrestle on Twitch. How dare you? Uh, so this was a fun <laughs> rematch to see done in AEW. This this was a great way to open the show, especially because we knew this episode was all about blood and guts. Like, we didn't need a match with huge stakes. This was a, a great way to kick things off. Shlong, anything you want to add about this match? Just I really like um, OC uh, Orange Cassie blocking Ethan's finisher by putting his hands in the pockets. Oh, yeah. Such a clever use of the pockets because it you do have to break your arms out. So it was like it, it was logical, but also fun. I'm like, that's again, Kate said it about his match with Osprey and also using his gimmick, but in new ways is always is what he needs to do. And it seems like at least the last two matches he's done that. And if he continues to do that, he's really setting himself up for one hell of a run. I also enjoyed Orange Cassidy being put up in a suplex and taking it with his hands in his pocket. That was <laughs> a lot of fun. If you didn't catch that, go back and watch it. That was very fun. He's up and Ethan Page has him in his hands or in his pocket. <laughs> very fun. Guys, we do get uh, an interview 
on the stage with Shivani and Christian Cage, and Cage says that uh, management asked him to apologize for the insensitive remarks he made about Jungle Boy's family last week. And he says he's never apologized for anything before, and he's sorry that Jack's entire family isn't dead and had to see him end in the ring uh, in two, uh, two weeks ago on Dynamite. He did say, well, everybody except his mom, and then he threw up the call me sign. And then he starts to run uh, Detroit down. And then um, he said, you know, I'm, I said I wanted a match, but I didn't say I wanted it for me. And that's when some evil music hits. Then we hear some dinosaurs and pyro. And unfortunately, somebody in this house is going to be very upset because Luchasaurus comes out in new gear, a new uh, gray mask, no more green. He is an evil wrestling dinosaur now. And unfortunately, he is going up against Serpentigo. Um, he does hit a headbutt, uh, and then things get much, much worse. Luchasaurus wins by submission with a cutthroat uh, STF. They said it was like a, a, a snare trap with a nerve hold. Um, so he does get the win, and then post-match, he attacks Serpentico some more. So unfortunately, Serpentico is dead, and we now have evil Luchasaurus. So... Clearly, the Jungle Boy and the Dinosaur are no longer a thing. And I'm not sure what to think about it. It's a little upsetting because I've got a lot of Luchasaurus shit in this house that's green. <laughs> um, I, I, fu- I fucking love it. I love that he comes out in black. Like, it's such a stupid heel thing, like, to be like, fuck you, Kate. Then I'm going to be in, I'm going to be heel. So I come, you know, you love it too, that he I decided to be an all blue. No, I, you don't like I him just, came out black. I no, do want to. I want to say this though, real quick. I I just want to know why, right? And that's clearly, I think we're gonna get a why. Hopefully, tell like, me why next week. Ain't nothing but hard. Um, I hate it. I I like the heel turn, but I don't like being an evil dinosaur. I have absolutely no interest in that. If you're gonna do that, shed the gimmick. You aren't actually a luchador. You don't need the mask. We've seen him unmasked multiple times. Uh, I, if you're, I love the idea of the heel turn. I really like the idea of him being Christian's muscle. I hate the idea of him still doing it under the guise of being a dinosaur. I think that's really, really stupid. I think I, if you're going to repackage him, you get one swing and a miss at it, and they missed. I can't Not believe Kate's turned on fun. I, I'm for I, fun. Faces I, should have fun. Dinosaurs. That are evil. Listen, does dinosaurs not have had it rough. Let them have some fun. No, I won't. When the working day is done, dinos just want to have fun. He's a dinosaur. I just the evil dinosaur shit doesn't doesn't fly. I'm all for him being a bad guy. I'm all for the muscle. I have no interest in them. If you're gonna be a dinosaur and make like these promos about being a hundred million years old, you gotta. You gotta ditch this gimmick when you're turning heel. It doesn't work at all for me. At all for me. However, I did love Christian just wishing death upon everyone. This was the squashiest squash in the history of the world. So that all works, but I just, I fucking hate it. Nope, not for me. Maybe he's evolved. Well, then he should just be like a bird. 
I mean, right? I guess be a wrestling bird, but there's already a bird team. They're called the Birds of Prey. They wrestle out of Philadelphia. Of course, legends. And they like, speak like me. Cool. They do speak like you. There's three of them too. Big rivalry with the old Roddy Piper, if I recall. Well, the and the trash man. And the trash who man. almost killed the guy. That's right. Well, we're split on Luchasaurus. I know it's not a popular decision in this house. Hopefully, we get a some sort of reasoning. Uh, in the next couple weeks. But we then go backstage for a face-to-face between Wardlow and Scorpio Sky. Uh, No physicality. Wardlow's done talking, and he wants Sky to bring all of American top team because he'll beat them uh, like security uh, and then beat his ass to take home the the title. Uh, Oh, uh, Asian Joe's saying that uh, Luchasaurus could be the ghost of Frankie if he's going to be a bird. It's true. But I think if Frankie is going to be back in wrestling, he should be a face because who's not going to want to cheer for Frankie after everything he's been through? Very true. Um, so uh, Scorpio says that he can talk tough uh, because of no physicality, but next week they're going to make it a street fight for the TNT title. I'm I just going to keep going. To Frankie, that's all. I know. I'm just going to keep your going. Respects, maybe learn something. Well, I'm just going to keep going. Um, so guys, next week we'll get, we'll finally get Wardlow for the TNT title against Scorpio sky. So I guess skies, you know, injuries are okay. So he can wrestle in a street fight. fight. Yeah. And I think it's very, very purposeful that sky got him to make this a street fight because sky is clearly not going to fight one-on-one and sky is not going to bring sky is not going to bring 20, um, Security jobbers. He's going to bring Ethan Page and some other. And Wardlow's not going to win because it's a street fight. And it's not that I hate that idea. I'm spoiling everything for something I haven't. No, seen. it's disrespectful to security. It's true, but it's not that I hate that idea. It's that they. I'm okay with that, but give Sky some other just straight up matches too. Like do both. He he can beat. I'm trying to think of a. A mid-level face, but he can beat a mid-level face and still then go in and, you know, uh, like John Silver. You know, I know he's an attacking, but we just saw about, you know, he can go beat John Silver and then he can go cheat and beat Wardlow. But at least you've given him a whole run. My guess is that he is probably not fully cleared and the street fight is a stipulation to cover up him still being a little bit injured. That's all just me guessing. Um but I think part of the reason it's a street fight and we're not seeing any interim bouts is because maybe he's not fully cleared and a street fight allows you to cover up a bunch of bullshit for if you're if you're injured. That's just a complete hypothetical guess. But I, I also don't think they're pulling the belt off Scorpio now. So this covers them in that way too. Um you know, um, Asian Joseph Sky's TNT title runs have both felt transitional. I don't disagree. I think the unfortunate thing is he's had some of these injuries that sort of uh, hamper him right now. Um, so I'm hoping they don't pull this title off immediately, but you never know. Maybe, maybe it could be one of those things, Kate. Yes, it's a street fight because he's not 100% clear, but maybe they do need to take the belt off him. So this is how they get it off him. And maybe he'll come back to it. Maybe he'll go for that all Atlantic title at some point. You know, they can only relinquish so many belts due to injury. It's very true. (laughs) 
all I know is that I want to see more of Scorpio Sky, not less. So I'm hoping this isn't just transition, but we'll see next week. Um, all right. Next, we go to the Ass Boys and Max Caster versus Danhausen and some mystery opponents. So Danhausen says during his entrance that um, he heard the Ass Boys challenge him uh, to find partners, and he says he feels like he found some guys who are pretty good at wrestling. And that's when it's revealed that FTR are his partners. Um, also, forgot to note that uh, during the uh, Ass Boys entrance and with Max Caster, um, the Ass Boys were all business. They did not want to do the gimmick where they fooled around and said where they were. Um, so it just went straight to Bowens in the wheelchair, scissor me daddy ass, blah, blah, blah. As we get through this match, um, you know, Dan Housen is getting worked over. Uh, eventually, FTR does, you know, get back in, into the ring. Um, things kind of clear up. Uh, Dan Housen gets back in. He is able to get the win by pinfall, um, um, you know, for the win. Uh, and then, uh, what happens is that in that whole, sorry, I'm leaving so much out because my brain is moving faster than my mouth during this whole, uh, kind of wrap up to the match. Magically, it's a miracle, guys. Bowens gets out of his wheelchair and attempts to take out Danhausen with a crutch. That is what allows uh, Danhausen to get the win because he ducks it. It hits uh, Colton gun, I think. Well, I don't know. Whatever gun gets it in the face. And that's how Danhausen gets the pin. So post-match, um, uh, FTR and Danhausen wreck the wheelchair. Uh, and the guns start to confront the acclaimed uh, in the ring. And then Billy shoves his own sons away. So a little dissension in the house of ass. Would you say um, the ass mm-hmm. is cracked? I'd say that this has ripped the asses. Um, somebody is completely ripped ass. Yeah. Um, the There's a big hole in the middle of the asses. Let me tell you, it stinks. It does. Um, like stinky, like butt cheese. It just stinks. Uh, Listen, this whole thing, this whole story actually is really intriguing to me Um, because, you know, the ass boys at the buy-in ran out and Caster helped Billy, you know, get the win. Now tonight, um, you know, a a mistake is involved and where you clearly think Billy is going to take it out on the the acclaimed, he doesn't. Uh, He actually sides with them. So... I'm actually really interested to see where the story goes. Kate, I know, hates the ass boys, but to me, I kind of like where this story's going. Uh, Mike Peterson with a big W in the chat saying that the asses are a little chapped. Uh, I don't hate the ass boys. I think they're good at what they do. I popped real hard for FTR Hazen. That just cracked me up. Um, My problem is I just don't care about them because they're just not they're not for me this is where Slon could argue that i've turned my back on fun um but i still love marco stunt so it's not that bad but i just would rather see private party or bear country than i would see any of the shit <laughs> okay i i don't care of father turning his back on his sons i guess is somewhat intriguing but it seemed pretty obvious to me based on their interactions on the ramp that this is where it was going. Uh, very happy to see that Bowens is back to health. It, it would appear. 
um, or, or close enough at least, which is wonderful. But I just, you have Max Caster coming out and he has like this extremely seemingly cool gimmick. And then he's rapping about the ass boys. Like, it's just not, I, there's so many things I would rather see on my television. What they put in front of me makes wrestling sense and everybody's doing well at their jobs. It's just not for me. I just, I, as a matter of taste, I don't like it, but it's, it makes good enough wrestling sense. This just in, Kate doesn't like ass boys. I have one question for Kate Schlong before we get your uh, take on it. Kate, did you enjoy... Cash Wheeler slapping ass, yes. No. Did you enjoy Danhausen cursing the one gun and then putting him up for what appeared to be the go to sleep? <laughs> yes. That, that I enjoyed... And I also enjoyed, I this was in my notes, I can't believe I forgot to say it, that Cash Wheeler slapped an ass boy on the ass pops me tremendously. I thought that was very, 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 very funny. Um, Dan hasn't should use the go to sleep. It, you don't have to be a technical wizard to use it. CM Punk's not a technical wizard. It's not that great of a finisher. If he wants to use it, go right ahead. But I also just think it's funny that Dan Housen is lumped in with the, like, the Bret Hart crew of, like, FTR and CM Punk. Like, that just it's hilarious to me. I love that. Do you and Schlong? I'll put this question to you. Do you think at this point, if you're Dan Housen, you have to wake up every day and be like, "How the fuck did I get here? I'm in a match <laughs> with FTR on television." I don't, I don't think he sleeps personally. It's got to be an amazing upside down. Yes. Is it sleeping or is it just eyes closed? I don't. Do vampires sleep? They do in a coffin. Okay. Yeah, no, he's living the life. My God. Um, you had to slow your brain down so, so that you could say the words. I just got to stop singing the Ass Boy song in my head. Um, I don't know how Kate hates this. I feel like she should love this. It's not taking up anything real. The, the, the Ass Boys are the butt of the joke. And it just feels like, and it's gotten us some fun stuff. And I think, if anything, it's really helped the acclaim to get more and more over it has helped them get arguably more over, but I, there's just other things I would rather, I would rather see. And where the hell was Hook tonight? Come on. You know, it's funny because Mrs. Money was like, "Well, Hook's got to be his partner." I was like, "They would have fucking advertised that." Yeah. Like it's not going to be Hook, but yeah, part of me was like, "Wait a minute, where's Hookhausen?" But listen, did I enjoy seeing FTR and Danhausen? FTR housing. The funny thing is. FTR and Danhausen, like there's logic there because Danhausen has made it known that he loves Pepsi Man and they love Pepsi Man and they love Bret Hart and it's clear that Danhausen loves Bret Hart. So it's it there's logic that they they'd be willing to team up. That's true. They have made that very known. I'm gonna fight you one day, Kate. <laughs> it's gonna hurt. Yeah, you're gonna does lose. He love, does he love Bret Hart or Bret's heart? I don't think those are mutually exclusive. Just saying. Could be both. We do get a promo. Sanjay Dutt, Jay Lethal, and Satnam Singh demanding Samoa Joe put up that Ring of Honor World Television Championship at the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but again, good to see they're continuing this story. And we go to Jade Cargill's open challenge for the TBS Championship against Layla Gray. And uh, Jade Cargill does win by pinfall with Jaded to retain her championship. Post-match, 
uh, our man Stoke gets on the mic, but Jade snatches it away and says she's tired of the fans and women in the back bitching and moaning uh, and tells Stoke to get her some real competition. Stoke says she's fired up. He knows why, because at 1149 last night, she gave an opportunity to everybody in the locker room and the women that stepped up, the woman that stepped up doesn't even work there. Statlander and Athena, they're not overlooked. They're just lazy. Well, that causes Athena and Stat to slide into the ring to attack Jade and Kira Hogan. Um, there's a shotgun drop kick that takes out Jade. Uh, Athena gets up to the top rope, but Layla Gray attacks her uh, after Stoke kind of whispers something into her ear. And she helps Jade uh, and Kira beat off the baby faces. But afterward, Gray goes for a handshake and Jade cold shoulders her. Uh, so not sure what's going on with Layla Gray. Doesn't look like she's a member of the baddies. And this is why we need to get it, uh, Stoke. And basically tell him the Mark Order pod says for you to get uh, Sunny Kiss into the baddie club it needs to happen mrs money made a great point this is the last uh dynamite in pride month how you not gonna have sunny come out with the baddies come on now yeah and this was a thing on twitter as well uh the aw tv account tweeted something about um, who would you like to see with the baddies? And Sunny Kiss was like, have only been asking for months over here. Uh, yeah, I mean, to be honest, it does feel a little bit like, well, I'll unpack the segment first. Loved the segment. The match was what it was. Uh, I loved Jade's reaction. I liked Stokely always having a plan. He's always going to be shady and shifty. And so Layla signed up for the match, but was also in their back pocket the whole time. Like, I love that idea. I liked uh, him calling the locker room lazy is great. Cause that's just the perfect thing to say to piss off a wrestler. Um, so I liked what I saw in front of me. The problem is that Sonny kiss should be a baddie. And there's a lot of people calling for that. And when you have things like video packages that run all of pride month, multiple times an episode, and you don't highlight your LGBTQIA talents, it looks extremely performative. And it feels even more performative when there's something that's as logical as Sunny Kiss being a baddie. Like, that's not trying to force fit anybody into a stable that exists. That is someone who belongs in that stable regardless of um, how they identify, right? Like, that just makes yep. so much sense. So I find it extremely disappointing that Sunny Kiss hasn't been there. Um, I liked what unfolded in front of me today. I don't have really any interest in Lila Gray. I got to interview her one time. She was delightful. She's very new to wrestling. She looked serviceable in this match and in the post-match beatdown, but it is a wasted opportunity for other people that are in that locker room. Sunny Kiss included, I'm probably at the top of that list. So it's just frustrating when you see someone who's been in the business for a cup of coffee, as they say, getting an opportunity like that. And somebody who hasn't been on TV in almost 600 days, I think that is consistently working dark and does work for your company and is representative of an underrepresented population. Um, not be in a spot like that. Maybe they don't feel comfortable because they don't know if Sonny should be fighting men or women. 
But I think that is a discussion that needs to happen sooner rather than later. And that Sunny Kiss is absolutely a TV talent. I agree a hundred percent. I don't have anything to add. I'm in agreement a hundred percent with you, Kate. Um, Shlong, <laughs> anything you want to add to this? All right. I'm afraid to say the word because Kate will make fun of me for how I say it. Probably, but What's, you can you mute my mic it? and I can't. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Okay. <laughs> you didn't want to say no. You didn't want to say no. <laughs> no. No, I don't have anything to add. I was um, going to say nope, but I'm like, I do the same thing on that nope. word. Don't fuck. Nope. Uh, nope, we don't. Um, they did show a, a promo for Grand Slam. Uh, which means that our crew is going to have to discuss a field trip uh, because that was a very fun event and a very cool place to see wrestling happen. So. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, they go to commercial and come back with a Young Bucks promo, and they're talking about how they're unhappy and ask where all their friends are. Redragon and Adam Cole are hurt, not cleared. Uh, and that it's not even Brandon Cutler behind the camera. They have an intern. They don't have one friend left except their tag titles. They did kind of hint that they had one friend, but they quickly got away from it. Yeah. Hangman, my friend. Hangman's not hurt. Yeah, but. It's okay. We're just trying to get to the match they're setting up, Schlong. I just get think the it was an important, match. subtle thing that they're clearly not done with that. They're they're starting that story up again. Well, it is interesting because they did have that moment at the pay-per-view as well. Um, mm-hmm. So it looks like it's not fully done. Um, I also don't remember. Did they invoke the name of Kenny by God Omega? I don't think they did. They did not. By God, they did not. 69 me, Don. Um, but they did hear that uh, Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi want a title match. And that's what they're going to set up for Rampage. Uh, except that they have to beat them on Rampage before they give them a title shot. So we're going to get that match Friday night. Stay tuned for that. And then they introduced JR. Uh, to join commentary for the main event. So we actually didn't note it at the top. Uh, Taz, Excalibur, and Shivani were on the call for the show, and it wasn't until this point in the night that JR made his appearance. Now, it was very much like the pay-per-view, where JR wasn't around for a portion of it and then came in for some of the matches that, you know, uh, were uh, a little more important, quote-unquote. So I actually liked this. Uh, especially because at one point sort of during the main event, you know, he's talking about, I've seen some of these matches. I've seen people get involved with cages and things didn't end well. And he's obviously talking about, you know, hell in the cell and things like that. So it is very cool that they, they brought him out and uh, it was like a big deal, right? Like it made things seem super important. I haven't heard of anything going on with Jr. that would prevent him from doing the whole show. Um, I thought I heard somebody mention something like Friday night Taz won't be there. So maybe they were going to switch it up and put Jr. with Excalibur um, for Friday night. But 
I mean, I I didn't mind this, guys. Uh, I actually like the fact that they bring out JR for this because it's a big match. Um, and if they are moving him sort of off the desk to do something else, you know, maybe this is kind of the move. I know you kind of said that before, Kate, but I'm, you know, I'm basically just recalling it because I, I sort of agree. I like what they did with this. Yeah, I think it's always make things makes thing. What makes things feel <laughs> like a big deal um, when you have a special guest announcer? And I feel like Jr. is better when he's focused for a shorter period of time instead of spread out for like a 900 hour pay-per-view. I can't blame him. I wouldn't be very good either. Um, and he is such a legend. Like, why not cash in on, on that status? Right. Especially when you you have so many other very good announcers already in play. Yeah, hundred percent. It definitely added to the important feel of the main event, which uh, during this time they were sort of like showing the cage being lowered to the ring. Jericho Appreciation Society did make their entrance before we went to a break, and my God, the fashion of the Jericho Appreciation Society. I appreciate it. My thinking was it was a play on A Clockwork Orange. I don't know if it read like that to anybody else. It was different. It wasn't like a straight up, you know, it wasn't just the red that they were wearing, but they all had the same clothes on with the suspenders and the hats. Daniel Garcia in a do-rag. Fantastic. The waves in his head looks fantastic. Entertained. I am. (sighs) When they get back from break, we do get the entrances from um, uh, Eddie Kingston and Ortiz and Santana, as well as the Blackpool Combat Club, Claudio and Yuta. And then Moxley comes through the crowd. Funny moment. It looked like Mox didn't know where his entrance was, and he was just sort of going through the crowd. And then once he got over, Eddie was like laughing. I think Eddie realized like he didn't know where the fuck he was going. <laughs> um, so it was uh, pretty fun. But you know, again, the rules for this match, for those who maybe didn't watch it, it was um, one-on-one to start, uh, one from each team, and then it was going back and forth uh, after three minutes, a member from each team, you know, they would switch off who enters. So the man advantage went to uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society, and the match wasn't official until everybody was in the cage. So sort of war game style, you know. Uh, first two in the match, I was a little surprised Claudio and Sammy. Uh, I thought maybe they would put, uh, Wheeler in first, but I didn't mind the way this started. Claudio, my God, looks like he was stiff as fuck. Um, I would love to know from Sammy if some of that was stiff. Cause at one point I was like, oh my God, Sammy's just trying to get away and get his breath for a minute. Um, but eventually, you know, just to kind of go through some of what happens here, um, uh, uh, Daniel Garcia is the next man to enter the ring. So it's two on one. Claudio is able to weather that storm. Yuta gets in the ring. You know, odds are even. Hager enters the ring. You know, the heater comes in. They're still a- able to sort of weather the storm. Um, and then after that, um, I was actually surprised that uh, it was Mox to get in the ring third right for um for the combat club i was just surprised because i thought they'd leave mox till a little bit later just because he's such a big name but it seemed uh to fit um angelo um uh cool hand Ange gets in next 
Now, this was a moment where I truly thought uh, uh, Angelo, like, was knocked the fuck out because they were doing these uh, trading European uppercuts. I don't know about you guys. I thought he legit got knocked on his ass and was down. (laughs) Like, I think it was Mox gave him one after, you know, Claudio hit him. He got back up, went to Yuta, looked sort of okay, and then Mox hit him with a stiff one. And then he just went to the to the mat, and they kind of were like, all right, job's done. Yeah. Um, that there looked, was a lot of that this match yeah. where I was like, hey, have the rosters already injured? Like, <laughs> Yeah, easy. Um, all right, after Ange, it's um, uh, Ortiz. Then Daddy Magic enters the ring. Then um, Santana gets in, and here's where I want to pause for a second, because unfortunately, Santana's in the ring for like less than a minute, and he buckles. I didn't see anything official, but it looked like he blew his fucking knee out. Um, Like, in a standard move, like he wasn't even doing something crazy. But he immediately went to the ground went over to the cage, was talking to somebody. And um, yeah, he was pretty much done. He did get up one time to maybe see if he could at least do something. Did not work out. So they stayed off of Santana the rest of the night. I think at some point, too, they got him out of the ring. They did. Yeah, they pulled him out of the cage. Um, so unfortunately, it looks like Santana is going to be hurt because that did not look Add good. It. Add it to the list. Yep. Uh, and then, of course, Jericho is the last man to get in for the Appreciation Society. And, of course, Eddie enters after that. The max match becomes official. This match had everything you could ask for. Chairs, glass, tacks, uh, kendo sticks, bats and barbed wire, bats uh, or Floyd, aluminum bat. Of course. Uh, a table. And then eventually uh, they are able to get out of the ring. So Teconti was ringside. And at one point, um, she's able to knock down a referee and open the cage up. That's when Ruby Soho comes down to run off Teconti. So it looks like maybe we're going to get something there. The cameraman had an advantageous camera shot as well Always. for that whole exchange. My goodness. Um, and now we're out and getting onto the top of the structure, which I was very happy to see appeared very well reinforced. <laughs> Uh, didn't look like there were going to be any accidents going through it. Um, the whole time I said to Mrs. Money, Jericho, you don't need to be doing this. Then Eddie followed him up and I was like, Eddie sure shit doesn't need to be doing this. And then Sammy went up and I said to Mrs. Money, Sammy, you don't need to be doing this either. Uh, and then eventually Sammy goes off of the cage through a table, you know, crash pad deal. Guys, I was just very happy pausing there for a second. They seem to do a much better job of shielding the crash pad than they did at Daly's place. I mean, it was obvious, but it wasn't as obvious as uh, it was yeah. only obvious because the table was about a foot or two higher than it needed to be. And like wider. It would be normally. Yeah, normally. <laughs> would. Be. But I will never complain that something looks a little silly because they're protecting their guy when he takes an insane bump. Yeah, I mean, you had to be safe with that. And what a better guy to take that bump than Sammy because he just he's gonna he knows he's gonna get his body around right and land right. So that looks great. Uh and then eventually Daddy Magic makes his way to the top of the ring, uh, to the top of the cage. So does Claudio, and this ends with basically 
Eddie uh, putting uh, Chris Jericho uh, into, um, uh, uh, oh my God, the stretch plum. Excuse me, I forgot. <laughs> I want to say stretch muffler. It wasn't the stretch muffler. <laughs> stretch plum uh, and Claudio is able to um, get Daddy Magic in the sharpshooter. And we don't know what's going to happen. It looks like Jericho's not going to tap. And so uh, Daddy Magic, Matt Menard, uh, taps out. And it looks like there's going to be an issue here between Eddie and uh, Claudio. But cooler heads prevail. The Combat Club wins. Uh, Eddie's a little frustrated, but everybody is cool. Everybody gets on top of the cage. Um, It looks like at one point there, I thought, Kate, maybe that, Eddie was going to turn on Claudio here. Um, But if that was the plan, it didn't happen. At one point, the camera was right on Eddie and you can read his lips. He said something like, I fucked my back up. So if anything was supposed to happen, maybe they just said, no way. Like, I'm fucked. I can't do this. So he did say I'm fine, though, after. I don't know if you kept reading his lips, but let's just hope that. I said before, like, I, I... Now lived in a world where CM Punk and Eddie Kingston are on the same roster. I can't have neither of them active now. That would be terrible for me. <laughs> Can you also do me a favor, Kate, and just let the people know what you texted us about Eddie during this match? <laughs> I, I can. I'll pull up the exact quote because I don't want to fuck it up. Mm-hmm. I'm not ashamed. I'm just, I'd like you maybe to let the world know what you said about Eddie Kingston. Well, first I had texted you (laughs) a while back. I hope Mrs. Money is in the chat tonight because we need to talk about Christian's bit. But later I said that. Also, just so uh, she's not, she, we didn't get to it while she was here. She wasn't totally in love with the fit. She didn't like the turtleneck. That's fair. It's summertime. That's a lot. Yeah. But I, um, you know, I did say that I would both F and M Eddie Kingston, which of course stands for fuck and Mary in a game of fuck, Mary kill. Uh, he's perfect and he does everything right in professional wrestling. And I just, I love him so much. <laughs> By the way, since you said F and M, uh, mm-hmm. Eddie, I did come up with a good FMK for Mrs. Money. And there is a Battle of the Belts coming up. Christian, Tony, and who? Well, we're going to do a Battle of the Belts is coming uh, in August. We're going to do another special. Mrs. Money has been tagging up with me for the Battle of the Belts. We're going to do it there. I already told... I I sort of gave it to her, and then I was like, I don't want to know your answer. Uh, I would die if it was Christian, Tony, and you. No. (laughs) No, it did not include me. And then it just gets the kill right off the bat. Like, you're done. For for reals married, though. (laughs) It's okay. Eventually, I think you want to kill the person you're with. Fair. Wait, I have an FMK for Kate. Oh, go ahead. Well, wait, real quick. I forgot to mention one thing about the top of the cage. Uh, Claudio swung Jericho. He did the swing to Jericho on the top. And that was another thing where I was just like, Oh, God, you don't need to do this. Like, please just don't kill somebody. Fun fact, in WWE, he didn't want to take that move because it would make him so dizzy. He was like, it's not the um, 
like the brutality of the move he would he was like i was just so disoriented when i would go to get up after taking the swing and he was like people would say put your hands behind your head because it minimizes it he was like i couldn't get my bearings for like a while after and usually after you swing someone you pick them up and do another move right he was like i tried to not take that move because um i would just get so confused about where i was (laughs) in the (laughs) ring but i guess on top of a cage when you're going home it doesn't um it doesn't matter as much because you're going home at the end of the match the altitude helps it does yeah it's like if he could Take that on Everest. He'd be fine all day. Uh, all right, Schlong, going back to you, your FMK. Oh, no. Gasoline Eddie. Of course. Pipe Bomb Punk. Oh, God. And current day Peter Avalon. Oh, man. This isn't as hard as you would probably think. Um, I I hate to do this. Because Uh-oh. he's been my friend with benefits for so long, but I would have to, I'd have to kill Peter Avalon. <gasps> and then you, Hate. you fuck gasoline wielding Eddie, and Whoa. you pipe bomb punk. Yeah, that's wow. how that goes. So. It's great to see both Asian Joe and Mike Peterson with possible FMKs for Mrs. Money in the chat, and <laughs> they're not correct. Um, it's I guess she hasn't let it be known who the third person is because I had it immediately. I was like, FMK. No, it's not Sonny Kiss. It should be. Well, you'll have to listen to the battle. He has said who the third is. I can't remember who it is, but she did say it one time. I'll tell you guys off the air. Yes. Okay. You're in the know. Just don't go, you know, (laughs) spoiling it for people who like fun. But if we ever start a Patreon, that'll be exclusive content. (laughs) We're going to start a Patreon and we already have ideas for bonus content, which are going to be great. Including Mrs. Money's FMK reveal. I mean, there are going to be a lot of FMKs. Oh my God. I think, can we do an FMK tournament? (laughs) I don't know how that would work. You have three sides and it's an F side, an M side, and a K side. And you go through the brackets of your Fs, your Ms, and your Ks. And you end up with a triple threat. I like it. Yep. yep. Oh my god. Uh, all right, guys. What did you think of the main event? Did did we like how this played out? I mean, some people, like Mrs. Money, said to me, "I thought you hate these matches because, like, you don't like a lot of the blood and stuff like that." And I corrected her. And I said, "I don't like the death match stuff because that stuff doesn't feel like wrestling at all. At least this felt like, like to me, this is wrestling. They're still doing wrestling moves. They're using weapons, but it's not just like." I'm going to hit you with a bunch of light tubes and then, you know, do something else that's not wrestling related and pin you for a win. You know what I mean? Like, so no, there's a ton of story here. Ton of a story. lot. Yeah. What'd you think, Kate? Oh, I, I loved it. I thought Regal on commentary is the most perfect thing in the world, right? Because it's basically a war games match. I loved the spot where Sammy climbed the ropes to the other ring to restart the count. I thought that was really fun and clever. Yuta's German suplexes are underrated, I would say. He kind of has been pulling them out of his his arsenal a little bit more of recent, and they're fantastic. My favorite Garcia spot, other than just the do-rag reveal, was his face getting dragged along the cage. One of my biggest complaints about cage matches is 
usually WWE related is that they just don't use the cage or that it's only used for acrobatic stuff. When to me, the point of the cage is always to inflict more punishment. Right. So I love stuff like that. The the cross face on Garcia, I thought was great. Um, there was a really cool spot with a fireman's carry into a stunner with uh, where Claudio had him up in the fireman's carry. And then into, it was either a stunner or a cutter from, from Mox and, just fantastic tandem offense in a match that is so weird. Uh, I loved Ange just running away so much. I I felt like this was incredibly well sequenced. I love that Eddie was the last one in. Um, the tax spot with Jericho dragging Mox across the tax. I, I referenced that a little bit earlier. Um, and then Eddie whipping tax into Jericho's face was so like violent and something I don't think I'd seen before. Um, and just little things. Like I, I felt like Claudio was so in his element the whole time. He seemed like he was having a blast. Um, I loved Sammy falling into the table and Eddie just smiling like an idiot. Like, I just thought that was, that was so fun. Um, really my only complaint about this was that they need to get a match sponsor for big matches like this. The cutaways to picture in picture were terrible. The cutaway full commercial was awful. Um, but I, I really liked the way this was booked. I feel like all the stories came out stronger for it. And to end it with the faces getting the win, which I felt like they needed to, cause this was the blow off between the hair match and their earlier match. Um, but also still escalating the tension between Eddie and Claudio, I, I thought was great. Like he, Claudio, by doing his job, by doing what he was supposed to do, stepped on Eddie's moment to get revenge on Jericho. And I just think that's the perfect way to resolve this one story and still give birth to this other one that has been 12 years in the making, for those of you who don't know. Their feud on the Indies was in Chikara, which was run seasonally. and before the next season could start where Eddie could get his revenge on Claudio, who had just turned on the whole Chikara locker room, he got signed and was Cesaro. So Eddie has just held a 12 year grudge, which is why I, I love that guy. Like <laughs> that kind of commitment is really, really fun to me. So I, I just thought this was great. And um, I'm also glad we cleared it because there has been so many injuries to the roster. I felt like parts of this were uncomfortable. Um, Mox did not look like he was in a hurry to join everyone on top of the cage at the end of that match. Like I, I think people really got their asses kicked. So I'm also glad that we're through it um, because this is already a beat up roster and that is a brutal, brutal match. Oh, and I always pop for when people um, rip the mat up and expose the wood under the ring. That just pops me huge. I love that. I did that a little bit in this match too. Two things to touch on. You said that jogged my brain and then Schlong were going to you. Uh, yes, Wheeler Yuta suplexes are awesome. They're that like Japanese high bridging style where they're basically like suplexing you on, on you know, and you're on your forehead. Yeah. Um, they look awesome. And two, to your point about the tax, like, did you see at the end the amount of tax not only on Jericho's boots as he was getting swung? Uh, but Wheeler Yuta's back during the celebration was just covered in tax. I yeah. just don't know why he would want to do that. It's just amazing. And also, um, Mox to me at the end looked a little hesitant about getting on top of that <laughs> on top of that right. cage. Maybe me he doesn't thinks, like being up there. Me thinks someone has a fear of fights. Could be. Could be. Schlong, what do you think here? 
I mean, it was great. It was a great match. I'm not, I mean, Kate, you and Kate have covered so much. It's tough to kind of like come in and uh, overall great. The weird part is that Santana got hurt on the most basic of moves. Like it, it wasn't always is like, sorry to yeah. interrupt, but like I hear so many people like that are worried about Darby Allen and it's always like Biggie almost getting paralyzed by a suplex gone wrong and sting on a sunset flip power bomb that Seth Rollins has done a million times, almost ending his career. Like it's just so often these incredibly simple moves that it's like just a couple centimeters to the wrong direction. And it, like completely fucks you up but anyway you're you're completely right even worse because he didn't even land he was just it looked like and said looks like his knee just went um which you hope is is usually a bad sign when it just goes but maybe he he gets lucky and something locked up on him and he didn't want to press it afterwards it can happen um they laid this out really well i i think mox coming in third i was with you at the time i was like wow that's weird but then when I saw what they did with it, it was like, oh, this makes so much sense. Because you had all the BCC in together. They dominated that ring. And then, you know, Eddie gets a comment at the end with his uh, kendo stick just one-arming it and hitting people, which was really funny. Um, Claudio obviously looked look great. The, the, I mean, they're... I want this feud to be done, but I want parts of this feud to continue. Like I want Garcia versus Yuta to be a feud. Um, they they've talked trash to each other. They're both good, great young talents. I want Garcia um, and Claudio so bad. <laughs> that's gonna be great. Um, I I mean, the BCC is a very interesting thing now because Eddie's not part of that. So Eddie's gonna drop off and go do his own thing. Um, does he does he view with Claudio? Does, does that carry through? Because it kind of laid a little bit of it, and I do think the back. My hope is that Eddie is one of those people that just has a bad back, and it goes out sometimes. That's my prayer, because then you, you, he just comes back from it. Yeah, you, we all know people who can have that issue. Um, but you can have well, that. He, I mean, it looked like he said, "I fucked my back. I'm fine though," and then he didn't get up, and I was like, "Uh," but I was like, "Oh, but." like guys like him and like punk and FTR, like they love to work injuries then, you know what I mean? Like, of course he's not going to get up because yeah. it looks like he's injured. So he's not going to get up. But, and and my thing is if you fucked your back up the way he was sitting, if you were in really bad back shape, I don't think you're sitting like that. Like that was an awkward spot. So we'll see, but overall just an amazing match. I mean, blood and guts for all the talk people had, well, you know, with the, discovery buying them the one to tone it down it's like apparently not and and from the stuff we're seeing turner put out or whoever they love it so this is this is very much what they want and i i think this was a great match and now you just i i'm just thinking of the future being like all right where, where do we go from here um not in a bad way in a good way and and the problem is I wasn't building Claudio in my head when I was building future plans beforehand. And now I have to, because he's so good. You're going to want to do something with him. Yeah. So, well, there's a, a lot of spoons in the porridge. Uh, so there's a lot going on. This feud seems to be blown off, but Claudio and Eddie seems to likely still be a thing. 
Uh, so we'll see where they go from here. All in all, an entertaining show. And we did find out Friday night uh, on Dynamite. This happened, so spoilers, I believe, are out there. But Friday night, you will see the Young Bucks versus Haruki, uh, Goto, and uh, Yoshihashi. Uh, and if they win, they get a shot at the AEW titles. Nyla Rose will face Tony Storm. So Tony Storm coming off her loss to... to uh, uh, Thunder Rosa will get a shot against Nyla Rose and there will be a, uh, 20 man, uh, battle Royal. They're calling it Royal rampage where the winner receives the first shot at AEW interim, uh, champion John Moxley. So it should be a pretty entertaining rampage. Uh, and hopefully we get an update at some point about what's going on with Santana, you know, there's no official diagnosis yet. People are surmising some sort of ligament tear or something like that. So it would be a blow to those guys because um, I think a lot of people want to see them start to to run through the tag division, but this could be another setback. So we'll see what happens there. And guys, as we're sort of getting to the end here, just a couple things of news and note uh, from the past week in uh, AEW World <clears throat> It was fun during the media scrum uh, after um, Forbidden Door. Of course, TK had to get asked about uh, MJF, um, you know, and whether he was still with AEW or whatever his status is. And guess what? TK's not talking about it. He said, I am especially after the great show we did. I'm not going to comment on it, but it's a fair question. I'm not going to cover that one right now. So. We're still not talking about MJF, which I kind of love. Me I think too. it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Ryan, to your point about Turner, uh, I think it came out that AEW will be involved in some sort of fashion with Shark Week. So um, clearly there's some corporate synergy going on. So we'll get to see some sort of involvement with Shark Week. I don't even think that means in a wrestling sense. I think that maybe some people we will be involved with programming going on with shark week. So that should be fun. Guest hosts and stuff. I think so. Absolutely. That'll be awesome. Another big announcement that came out around forbidden door is ring of honor. They did set their next pay-per-view. It will be uh, in Lowell, Massachusetts death before dishonor, July 23rd. So if you're in the mass area, you should certainly check it out. Apparently, tickets are starting at $29 plus fees. Tickets go on sale Friday, July 8th at 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, I know from our days going to Ring of Honor before TK, those shows were a lot of fun. Now with, you know, TK and the machine behind them, that last pay-per-view was fantastic. This one should be a lot of fun as well. So we're clearly lining up like Jay Lethal versus... uh, uh, oh my God, Samoa Joe for the TV title and nothing else has been announced yet, but my guess is we'll probably see Gresham in some sort of fashion. We'll see that pure title probably get defended. Maybe the women's title should be a fun show. Uh, they do a pretty good job, uh, or they did a pretty good job with the first one. And, um, uh, the good news too, guys, is it looks like they are keeping, uh, Caprice and uh, Ian Riccoboni behind the desk. So that is awesome. That rules. Guys, in case you were wondering what is going on with Jake Atlas, nah. good news. His domestic <laughs> charges have been dropped. Yeah. 
So it's weird threesome violence and him can hit the road. He was great in the ring, but I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, well, listen, we brought it up. So that's the only reason we're closing loop on this, but a hearing was scheduled for June 28th, but it was canceled. Uh, the court has considered it closed official documents uh, that were obtained by TMZ sports uh, quoted from the report um, that from the investigation, which has been made, it is the opinion of the writer that this case is not suitable for prosecution. So maybe there's not enough evidence or whatever, but basically no charges. Uh, they were dropped and Atlas wrestled once for the company, but he did specify he was on a per appearance deal. He wasn't under con. He isn't under contract with them. He's not expected back, but that closes a nice loop that we had on a weird, wild story with Jake Atlas. Yes, it does. In some Dark Order news, uh, it looks like they've lost another member. Um, uh, Stu Grayson parted ways with the company. Uh, and it looks like Alan Five Angels is no longer with the company either. On June 27th, he tweeted, excited for what's next. So that faction keeps getting smaller. Um, we have seen, obviously, Reynolds and... Um, Johnny Hungy are in the tag uh, rankings. Uh, we did see Evil Uno and Stu Grayson wrestle on one of the darks this week. Uh, so they're still doing their thing, but it's just sort of weird. They're sort of just dwindling and, and dropping. So not sure what's next, but either way, Alan Angels, I think, is an underratedly good wrestler. So whatever he does next, be on the lookout um, because, you know, um, It'll be fun. Although there are some reports saying that he is, you know, expected to work a per date basis with AEW. He's not officially with the company. No, he's not actually. They, uh, he gave an interview with, uh, and I don't feel bad because now we're six hours later. So it's already all out there. He gave an interview with Sean of Fightful, Sean Rassap, where he basically said they offered him the per appearance and he turned it down. He thinks he can get a bigger name out on the indies. That kind of makes sense because he didn't have like a, a foundation on the indies beforehand so that actually makes sense like let me go accrue more value and then come back um it's a to tv would would actually that feels like a reasonable playbook to me but i also think it kind of makes sense that they weren't going to push dark order further down the mountain when they had two guys with contracts coming up right so it kind of at least makes sense why they've been stalled a little bit. It just sucks because it's kind of at the detriment of, of a bunch of other people. Well, we'll see what happens with the Dark Order. The Mark Order is still here. I know that much. Yeah, we're not going anywhere. We got no. one guy that floats in and out, but... <laughs> yeah. He's, He's still our Colt Cabana. That's right. Yes, yeah. Uh, a couple of final things, guys, really quick notes. Uh, if anybody was watching, uh, a show, I don't, I'm not familiar with it. Monday night raw. Um, <laughs> a few people made an appearance because it was Cena appreciation night. Uh, Jericho Danielson, uh, I think Mark Henry and maybe the big show, uh, all, uh, gave videos, uh, you know, congratulating John Cena. I guess for his career, uh, and TK clearly gave the approval to do that. So, did you say Jericho? Yes. Okay. Yeah. 
little exposure on Monday Night Raw never hurts anybody. Fun, though, to see Brian Danielson put back up as Daniel Bryan. Just very <laughs> fun. Uh, there was also some hot talk uh, around Forbidden Door that uh, ticket sales tanked uh, late. Um, uh, I believe Dave Meltzer had said that there was a $4 get in price on the secondary market uh, and that less than 200 tickets were sold once the TV started promoting the card, um, which he says told the story of a show with huge demand and died in late interest uh the way no show ever has um i don't know how much truth there is to that it is just a note that i'm reading uh i could tell you this much looking around that building it was fucking packed and there were empty seats but most of them appeared to be in um limited view areas they did sell the section above you know behind the ramp so those tickets are always, I think, a hard sell. You know, who yeah. wants to be sitting way back there? But Especially if you're a big enough nerd to go to this show, and I mean that lovingly, you're going to probably want to be able to see what's going on. That's not like a casual viewer experience. Yeah, I mean, listen, <laughs> the room was packed, so they didn't have a problem selling that. And the last uh, note of the night, um, Kenny Omega was on Twitch, and he was talking about how challenging his rehab has been uh, and said that he is done if he suffers another major setback. It is not clear if he was talking about a setback in this reco- recovery or any sort of future injuries. But um, he did talk a little bit about focusing on storytelling as opposed to athleticism. You know, some have interpreted he meant he'd be done with his current style, not wrestling altogether. It's not really known, but... What is of note in this is the fact that he said his rehab has been challenging. So that's never good to hear because I love me some Kenny Omega and I really wish he would come back at some point soon. Not that I think they're suffering without him. I think they've been doing a great job without him. But, you know, would it have been fun to see Kenny Omega on a joint New Japan pay-per-view? Fuck yes. Yeah, I think any wrestling program is probably better with Kenny Omega. I think that's fair to say. I'm sorry. Uh Kenny by God. Omega. Omega. Yeah. Excuse me. So well, I didn't say it either, so I was correcting myself, not you, Kate. Well, guys, that's all I got. So um let's uh wrap this show up. It's only been three hours and fifteen minutes. So Kate, you've seemingly got the most going on. Why don't you plug? I don't know. I wasn't on three Fightful Select shows this weekend, but uh, every Tuesday you can catch me on the NXT, whatever the fuck that is, post-show. Tuesdays on Fightful YouTube immediately after it. Uh, You can catch me here, of course, Wednesdays and Fridays at the AEW Rampage and SmackDown post-show also on Fightful YouTube. And this weekend, for some reason, uh, we'll also be doing Money in the Bank uh, post-show paywall pay-per-view thing the fightful select uh post show uh will be me and alex pulaski so you can join us on sunday as well nicely done um ryan what do you got going on well i've got no future plans because well i may have done more this weekend i don't have like regular podcasts like kate um but you can find me mondays and tuesdays live tweeting uh, dark and elevation at Mark Order Pod, and you can interact with me there the rest of the week because I run the Twitter because I have no life. Um, 
So again, follow us at, at Mark Order Pod. And uh, so schlong and good night. Welp, I've got uh, absolutely nothing. Uh, nobody asked me to do anything. So I just have this every Wednesday night on the Mark Order Pod. But um, as I mentioned before, we've got Battle of the Belts coming up in August at some point. So uh, I'll be doing a bonus show when we get there. Um, you know, stay tuned. If we do wind up going to Grand Slam, we're going to move this. But that's way out in September. So we've got plenty of time to figure that out. And as always, you can follow us at Mark Order Pod on all social Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all those places. If you go to any one of our socials, hit the link tree and you can find all of our other socials that we would appreciate if you give us a follow or subscribe or like or anything like that. More importantly, you could show your support by uh, hitting the button to get some free stickers. I'll send you out some of these free Mark Order podcast stickers. They're very nice. They're not very evil. They're just very nice. (laughs) Uh, And you could put them wherever you please. Um, so just hit the link tree, hit the button, give us your name, mailing address and the country you live in. We'll send them out for free. No shipping, no handling. You don't pay. You don't get the first one free and then pay for the second one. Don't listen to any of the bullshit that the people are saying out there. Free stickers. Also, thank you to everybody who's been watching along live with us tonight. The normal crew, Asian Joe, Mike Peterson, uh, Gordon Post, Joe Walsh was checking us out for a while. Rob Humphrey. Uh, anybody else I'm forgetting, I apologize. I can't scroll back quickly enough. Uh, Eric Freeds and, and everybody else. Um, we appreciate you checking us out live. If you're checking us out in podcast form, we thank you greatly for doing that. Uh, if wherever you're listening, be sure to rate, subscribe, like, uh, review, anything like that helps us out in the algorithms for the podcast. But if you've never given us a shot on the video podcast, head over to our YouTube. They're all there. They're a lot of fun. Uh, You see Ryan's crazy backgrounds. Uh, Sometimes he plays different characters. Sometimes Millionaire Matt's here and he might be shirtless. Who knows? You never know. So check us out. Everything stays on our YouTube. Um, And that's it, folks. Uh, Next week, we're one week closer to sexy 69 so um be sure to follow us on our journey to episode 69 where it's gonna get wet and wild on the mark last episode of the show no don't say that kate don't just never we're never gonna get you know what it's possible that we could get to 6969 so we'll keep going listen we made it past one year we are already the a show of the mark uh, of the shining wizards uh, network yeah. and i wanted to say mark order network because basically is. we're in talks of buying a library if you get yeah. my drift you mm-hmm. know money millionaire matt you know we can make it happen um so don't sell us short kate we can do if if the wizards on monday nights at 7 p.m on the shining wizards network where you can usually see millionaire matt i don't know why he wants to be involved with a b show that's done 10 years of mediocrity uh as best they could um but we can certainly make it as long as they have certainly can all right guys that's it for real um thank you for checking us out uh tune in next week same time same place for the mark order podcast rest in peace frankie oh boy
Really? That's how we're going to go out with a Frankie? <laughs> Why wouldn't we go out with Frankie? Rest in peace, right. Frankie, the macaw of Did high energy. Want, but you didn't give a, a a macaw call. That's the way you got to go out. Rest in peace, Frankie. Order podcast. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Join the Mark Order.